Good morning, Shalei. How are you? Let me make you a... Why don't you call in, Shalei? I'd love to make you a speaker. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm fine, I'm fine. I, I got your invite. And so, you want me to go to speak? Because I, I know, I don't know much about... That's okay. I mean, it's always good to have a feedback. No, actually, I'm going to make you a, a moderator. I, I, I trust your judgment, Shelley. So, <laughs> yeah. so I mean, you know, I mean, as a, a foreigner to America, you know, I'm going to talk about why American mass attack. And, okay. uh, you know, I think uh, you might find it to be interesting and you might, you know, for your your view from uh, outside the United States, right? Yeah. You know, I, I, before people arrive, I tell you, I was called, um, how did, you know that term, anti-American? And that, that that is not a thing, right? It doesn't exist. It's a fantasy they have because they have, they have all this anti-Chinese propaganda, right? Like, uh, so they imagine there is some anti, right? Like anti-American uh, propaganda, which is it doesn't exist, right? It's just <laughs> people criticizing, telling the truth, right? Like you are doing this. That that's not anti-American. That's just describing a process. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, it's so funny. Anti-American. I mean, the U.S. government is founded on the principle that you can criticize the government. For a second, second is that unless you are calling for killing of Americans, American citizens, then of course it's a form of inciting violence. That doesn't matter where you are calling to call uh, kill Americans or French or anyone else, and that's mm -hmm. just you know that's uh, you know. So you what you're being called anti-American recently? Yeah, no, but it's it's very like uh, I I live with a with a U.S. girl here. And she said that all the time, right? Like any criticism or, or saying of that they founded the coups or, uh, or, or stuff like that, right? Any description is anti-American. I always said that they, they were saying that the best feature in America is that they had this big army. And I said, that's the worst part of America. <laughs> and, <laughs> okay. yeah, which actually, I even hate saying America because for us, America is a continent, right? Like... Correct. They hijacked it. <laughs> uh, you, you open another can of a worm because I know what you're saying. When you say anti-American, do you include the uh, Canadians and the South Americans? You know, and uh, because yeah, you're right. America, I think, is used to describe the entire continent, not just the United States. So, you know, sometimes. Yeah, but the thing is, no. When I'm saying anti-American, I'm saying anti-U.S. It's people in the U.S. saying that there is like this worldwide campaign mm -hmm. that is, and right, like it, 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 we we are not saying things because of that we want because we were right, like tricked into it. Like you know how there is anti-Chinese propaganda in the U.S. and there is anti uh, anti-Russia propaganda. They think that is not something that is objective. But that we are right, like part of this lie of under, which is ridiculous, right? Because it's just people saying the truth uh, or accountability, if you want. But the thing, the last thing I'm going to tell you, because there's already somebody there, is yes, it, it, it is the name of the continent. But lately, uh, they started calling the Americas as if there is three continents. 
which is a lie. <laughs> Correct. They're all connected, right? There's no canal. Uh, there's no bridges connecting the two mass of land, masses of land. The, America is one big continent. Exactly. And so, yeah, they say in America. And if you, if you say here, America, when you are talking, you're talking about the continent. Otherwise, you say estadounidense, uh, which means citizens of the U.S., or you say shanky, that's more probably. And yeah, but... I, I know exactly what you're saying, because culturally, this again, this is a culturally speaking, right? L language, linguistically speaking, uh, if you limit Americans to be only used for citizens or residents living in the USA, then how are you going to call, you know, the uh, other... Exactly. I mean, what, we call them what? <laughs> my nine-year-old nephew went to live in the U.S. and he was telling her his teacher at the beginning, "I am American, right?" And yeah. she said no. And he told me she's so like she's so ignorant. I brought a map and I showed her like the continent, like Argentina is in the same continent. Uh -huh. and she, I, yeah, and it was so funny because he was he was nine, right? And so he was so angry. <laughs> but yeah. That is hilarious. That is hilarious. Yeah, the uh, uh, that is why I want to do this uh, uh, geopolitics is ethnopolitics show because I want to point just cut to the chase, saying, you know, this is just another ethnic conflict that the U.S. is a part of the conflict or want to intervene or, or you know intermeddle the ethnic conflicts for its own benefit, you know, and uh, and. Uh, uh, like yeah. like 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 the this guy Henry David Thoreau, the uh, the original uh, creator of this uh, term called the civil disobedience, is that he strongly criticized the U.S. Mexico War back then, and he's just saying this is a pure this is a war, pure purpose is just to expand the slavery beyond the border of the USA, as if it's not it was not bad enough, you know, yeah. and. Uh, and, uh, and there's also a, a point there, I think, that that another, right, like I keep listening, just now I was listening to uh, this media called Macondo, that is, uh, yeah, it's a Russian girl, uh, an Uruguayan and, a, and an Argentinian guy, this mainly for, for Latin American news. And they were saying, right, like... Uh, about the train derailment and the, you know how when the, it happened the North Stream and then the train derailment and there started being all these Chinese balloons and they said they were obvious. Like, they they were pointing out how much uh, they they are hoping for a movie, right? Like, they see things in in a movie kind of way that I think someday we will talk about it. And, mm -hmm. But you already have someone here so I yeah hi july sure i uh, appreciate it Shirley. i'm gonna get started hi july uh, good to see you good morning and yeah i'm gonna get started so it's a uh, yeah i wanted to do this uh why american mass attack uh because uh i learned from this guy richard wolf professor richard wolf he did a uh, one uh youtube episode about this report published by the homeland security agency uh, the U.S. Secret Service about the uh, mass shootings between uh, 2016 to 2020. I have posted the link to of that report uh, on the on on today's episode's description. So feel free to browse that 
because、uh, I actually was quite happy to see the government actually start diving into all these mass shootings in a more、uh, analytical way, right? I think the the research director, her last name seems to be telling me that、uh, she's probably、uh, have a Indian heritage, not the Native Americans, the the in. Indians from Asia, and I said that that's good, you know, and I I like that, and、uh, and, and so 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 I, I was quite encouraged.、Uh, of course, as I read more into it, first of all, I still think it's a good thing they do that, and I but at the same time, I can clearly see the deficiency from my perspective. As I always said, no justice, no peace is not a joke. It's not a Slogan. It's just a fact that、uh, we have a Second Amendment, and、uh, sometimes violence is the only mean to 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 get relief. And that's I think people shoot each other sometimes here in this country. And、uh, there are mass shootings, and there's regular shootings, and、uh, you just have to figure out what happened here. So, so unfortunately, as I said in my update, that the U.S. government and the mainstream media. They love mass shootings because、uh, it's just like wars. Mass shootings like wars. You have death, you have blood, and you have a lot of grieving.、Uh, you have a lot of、uh, you know grieving families, and it's great for camera. It's great for viewership, and of course for the corporate media, it's great for the、uh, prof- uh, bottom line for for their profits. And and also the, the wars, you know, are considered a, a organized mass shooting, and the wars just give me more. Power to the government to tax us to fund the war, right? Again, I go back to this guy Henry David Thoreau, and he refused to pay taxes, and he's willing to go to jail because he believed the U.S. Mexican War is a war to expand slavery, which he considered already an evil thing just within the United States, and he refused to pay taxes because he believed his tax money will help to fund the U.S. Mexican War. Right, so, 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 you know, war again for whether it's a war on drugs and all that. I have said it before, it's just another excuse for government to have more powers, have more police, for to have more military equipment, and、uh, it's just not a good thing. So, 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 so that's why I want to talk about why American mass shoot. Hey, Brady, good morning, and and, and I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make you a.、Uh, A a a a a a speaker and the moderator.、Uh, just play nice, everybody. Okay, just don't don't be mean to each other. I mean, learn from Stubby. I believe Stubby is the nicest、uh, host ever. So I want to start with the introduction. I have said America's justice system produces motivations for mass shootings. I have said that before. For this show, I started with the topic of called black rage shootings. I started that. I have said, America's justice produces injustice, and that the that injustice is the motivation for mass shooters. Okay, before I go for for that, I had a great、uh, episode with、uh, Heidi and uh, uh, what's her name,、uh, Heidi, and another person I forgot. I, my apology uh, uh, about the, this、uh, phenomenon called the Karen, right? So Amy Cooper of Central Park. Oh, oh. Uh, Heidi and Stupi. I had a great、uh, episode with that about this、uh, concept called Karen. Amy Cooper of the Central Park. She will be the, you know, 
undeniable proof of a white privilege. She's a street smart person who knows how to operate in a white privilege justice system to her advantage, which is entirely unearned. And Heidi brought up this uh, concept called the barbecue Becky. You know, barbecue Becky is another good example uh, of our criminal justice system because uh, it's not what Barbie, barbecue Becky did something wrong. No, she did not. She observed some African American park goers doing a barbecue in a, in a, in an area not allowed to have a barbecue. So what this white woman Becky did is nothing wrong. However, it shows something else. Basically, racial minority groups in this country consider law enforcement occupiers. Colonizers. There are general resentment of against law enforcement among the racial minority groups. Can you blame them? No, because they always believe law enforcement is just another trick. Despite the fact that law may be good, may be just, but all the law enforcement is just a trick, a ruse to harass them, to harass their members. Right. So, 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 so there's nothing wrong with what Becky called 911 about these group of African Americans doing barbecue in a park area that are not allowed to have a barbecue. But however, it does not erase the fact that racial minority groups generally resent any law enforcement. I will give you another example. Uh, I do not have the link, unfortunately. It's uh, on a live police body camera. That, uh, that, that shows a black young man pointing a gun to his boy, uh, girlfriend saying, how dare you to call police on me? This is on police live camera. Basically, this young black lady called the 911 saying her boyfriend is being violent towards her and the police arrived and the camera is on. So this black young man pointed a gun to her, his boy, uh, girlfriend and shoot her to death. And at the same time, the police shoot this black man to death. That's the law enforcement. Ended up a two-person dead. Is there a better way to deal with the domestic violence incident? I bet there is. But the fact is that, it, it, this is again, a long, on live camera, it's not going to be broadcasted, you know, not going to be discussed because this is not a mass shooting and, uh, you know, and know that. But I just go back to this, that racial minority, they don't law enforcement for a reason. I know, I ne uh, for the longest time, I never understand this uh, anti-snitch policy, not policy, a uh, uh, habit within African-American communities. In other words, even if they see drug dealing on at the corner, even, even if they see uh, 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 murder on the street, they don't talk to the police because they know Law enforcement, even for drugs, for illegal drugs, for murder, is not going to good for them. It's not going to good for the community. And there's a lot of truth in that. Right? So the second part of my introduction is this. As we know, Donald Trump is now formally indicted. Right? Well, I consider that it's a great thing. It's a, epic, a poetic justice because he, he himself is a biggest troublemaker himself. Right. But at the same time, we have to look at Trump supporters claim 
that our justice system is crooked. They're correct. I share that with them too. You know, I will give you an example. I'm going to play uh, this video by uh, Judge uh, uh, Napolitano about the fact that five proud boy defendants were never near the Capitol Hill on January 6th. Now, I do not know that for a fact. I'm just going to take his words for it. So, uh, so I'm just going to share that with you guys. Right before our eyes, so there's a lot of pieces to unpack here. The five Proud Boys on trial were nowhere near the Capitol building on January 6th. How did the government know that they had these anti-government thoughts? The government had a plant in their group, a confidential agent who was spying on the group. He comes to the government and says, these guys are planning to overthrow the government by force. How could five human beings possibly overthrow the government of the United States of America by force? This is a political prosecution slash persecution. It's a prosecution for thought. A conspiracy is a thought. It's an idea. It's an agreement. They need to show that one person took a step in furtherance of the agreement. They don't need to show harm. By definition, there was no harm. Okay, they're on trial. The female FBI agent is on the stand being cross-examined. The prosecutor did not know that this FBI agent was going to reveal that she was told to destroy 338 items of evidence, that she was told to doctor, to white out the name of an FBI agent from computer records who was present at a meeting with a confidential source because that FBI agent did not want to be called to testify about that meeting. And, of course, the FBI is furious that she revealed that the FBI is spying on one of the defendants in the case in his jail cell when his lawyer visits him in the jail cell. And they're doing that without a search warrant. So that's a couple of crimes right there. That's computer hacking. That's invasion of privacy. That's violation of the attorney-client privilege. If I were the judge in this case, it wouldn't even come to trial because you can't be prosecuted for a conspiracy to commit a crime that's impossible to commit. If you are, then you're just being prosecuted for your thoughts. And under the Ninth Amendment, you have the right to think whatever you want, even negative thoughts about the government. You and I not only think, we articulate negative thoughts about the government. We are harshly critical of the government. That is not only not a crime, it's a virtue. How is it a virtue? Ah, it was born in the Declaration of Independence, two-thirds of which is an indictment of the government of Great Britain. So we stand in a very, very dangerous place where five people targeted by the federal government, I don't know if they're good people, bad people, nice people, miserable people, I don't care. They have the same constitutional rights and natural rights that all people have. And the government has assaulted those rights rather than protect them as it was sworn to do. And this FBI agent, whether she was courageous or inadvertent, I mean, what she revealed is since the presidency of George W. Bush, which began a torture regime and a spying regime, an entire generation of federal agents has come of age believing they can lie, cheat, steal, and get away with it. This was Yeah, so a few things. First thing is that you will ask, how come you keep playing this guy, uh, Napolitano? I'll tell you why. I always want to pick up the voices that are overwhelmed by the mainstream media and the government. Now, for example, I have mentioned in my past episode, Trump actually, despite the fact he keep complaining about censorship, Trump himself tried to censor Jimmy Kimmel.
the comedian, by talking to Disney World, tried to cancel Jimmy Kimmel's show. I found it to be pathetic. So Trump himself is a censor. Not a lot of people talks about it, right? We know a calling host who is a Trump supporter. She censored her own guest, a journalist from Utah, simply because this journalist speak something bad about Donald J. Trump. And she literally said, I'm not going to allow anyone on my show to criticize my God, Donald J. Trump. Isn't that pathetic? So these are the things I want to bring up. The third reason, uh, the second reason I want to bring up is this. P Proud Boys, Oath Keepers, I consider them the most dangerous sources of mass shootings. Okay. They, uh, as I, you know, as I'm going to talk about later, I want to evaluate whether sometimes these mass shootings are a act of a social justice of a, some sort. Okay, these proud uh, boys, these oath keepers, if they realize that they are actually abused by the government throughout the due course of the law, if they find out the government tricked them to be indicted and to be convicted as a criminal for some kind of insurrectional crime, that's just trouble down the road. Right. I do not know. I, I mean, I do have a contact with one Oath Keeper, a member of Oath Keeper in the past. He used to live in Delaware. He he moved to West Virginia. And, he know, this is what he told me. He said, Peter, just remember, we have a three million of us, mostly veterans and police officers, active duty and retired. We all own multiple guns. When we really get pissed off, there will be hell to America. I said, I agree with you. And his name's Martin. So, like Judge has said earlier, I do not care whether these people have a pathetic life, has an extreme political view or not. If our justice system fail to perform with an even hand, fair mind, follow the law, then we're going to have a lot of mass shootings. So that's why I bring these things up. So the third thing, which actually is the most important thing, most important thing I want to talk about in the intro introduction is this. I have posted a link, a USA Today link in the chat room. Go ahead and read it, and I'll just read the title. Parents in the U.S. fear mass shootings, but kids are three times as likely to be shot at home. So despite the the older excitement from out of this uh, Nashville mass shooting, uh, for the fact that being it's another mass shooting, being the fact that she is a, uh, I mean, he is a transgendered uh, person, we get all excited. But think very hard, if especially if you have kids. Your kids are three times more likely to be killed in your own house than in school. Remember, we come up with this thing called a, a bulletproof school bag, a school, ba a school backpack. Do we need to have a bulletproof vest to be for kids to wear at home? Because it's three times more than likely to be shot at home. So, just read that. It's not my, it's not my invention. This is what, and I, I actually sense that I did a episode. I ex explicitly talk about this Utah mass shooting. 
of a father king five of his beautiful children and his uh, ex-wife and the mother of his ex-wife i consider that a mass shooting but it's never going to be discussed by the mainstream media or the government go ahead andrew hey peter yeah i was just thinking about um when you covered that story and i think that <clears throat> that's certainly a sizable portion of the you know domestic firearm deaths in home but another big part of it and what i what i think actually may be statistically the largest part is that people are kind of leaving their guns around willy-nilly in their house and their kids are shooting themselves it's not always like an intentional suicide i mean that they're like little kids fucking around with the gun because they you know see their dad shooting it or whatever on the weekends um and it's just kind of careless. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head what the statistics are. It could well be that I'm wrong and actually like domestic abuse um, is the leading portion of those deaths. But it's tens of thousands a year of people who are killed by firearms in home. And I know a not insignificant portion of that is children who get into the the guns and they're loaded and not locked up. Yeah, actually, you are likely wrong, Andrew. Uh, no disrespect, because I actually did a lot of research on this, and you will be hearing that uh, later today. The uh, the because uh, uh, this is ex what Andrew just said is exactly what I demand, what our government to do, which will be in the conclusion. For each mass killings, it does not matter whether it's you, this Utah father or this Nashville transgender. It doesn't matter. These are all national tragedies. It's just like a plane crash. We need a NTSA, whatever that thing is called, to investigate to get to the bottom of each mass shooting. No stone shall be unturned. No person have any fucking secrecy or privacy need to be respected because this is a public safety matter. There's no sacred cow. Okay, I'm going to talk about this Utah fathers because I learned more about his situation in preparation of today's episode. Okay, yes, I actually believe government did a half decent job by this Homeland Security in their key findings about why Americans mass attack. But as I have said already, I actually believe this research is superficial, not deep enough. And that's why I said Andrew is likely incorrect, which you will hear more about what I'm going to say. Go ahead, Soleil. Okay. What I wanted to say is, uh, yeah, it has to do with what Andrew said. Uh, it's very surprising to me that uh, every country, right, mostly countries have a statistics on what we call femicide, you call domestic violence, and they they have, you know, how many women are dead by their husband or how many men are are killed by their spouses but the thing that there is no in the u.s it seems to be that there is not a recognition about domestic violence as a thing itself right because they have no special statistics every country knows how many women are killed by the fact of being a woman every day or every month right that statistic is well known by the population of most countries and so I think it's, there's a big difference between mass killings and what you said about the guy killing his family and his kids, because that's the the thing is that when they kill their kids and their wife, 
it's considered right like a, a punishment to the wife so i think there's a big difference there and i don't think that is that people are so much aware of it yeah i think sale i actually mentioned this when peter did his episode on that mass murder um in utah because <clears throat> the the wife had filed for divorce in december i want to say and then her mother so the the husband's mother-in-law came to live with them to help you know take care of the kids and try to smooth things make things calmer for the transition through the divorce and then i want to say was it peter was that in january that that happened, where that man killed his family yes it's the i think the first week of uh, january both mass killings yeah. A domestic relationship related. In other words, one in well, Utah. But Peter, that's the thing. That is not a mass. Killing. Well, I was just gonna. I was it gonna say that that would definitely count as a femicide. In um, you know, I think in in most of Latin America where these statistics are kept in in Latin America, you know, there's an even heavier dose of like machismo, male chauvinism type of a behavior than in the United States. You know, Andrew. Well, I don't know. I, I think you know it's different, but. I think that the, the statistic, like, I, I think that you all think that, but how how sure can you be if you don't count you don't count how many femicides are there if you count them as mass shootings, right? Like, if you don't know the difference, how how do you know if there is no more women being killed than in other countries? You don't know that. You have that idea that is that machismo is less because right right everybody thinks that Western or the, the the rich countries have less machismo, but if you don't count them, the femicides, how do you know they are not they are less or more than? I just mean in in my like life so far in Mexico. Um, yeah, Mexico is like the worst. Yeah, in I, my in my life to... so far in Mexico, I would just say that like the way that I see uh, couples interact, and I've seen quite a lot of it, is more. Um, the heavily male chauvinist. Yeah, I would but the thing, but the there's different. Andrew, is that your perception of the thing? Well, of the 100, 200 people that you've is seen a, in. And the good, thing is that, sorry, oh, hold on. Okay, Shalei and uh, Andrew, uh, I, I don't want to focus on uh, too much yeah, on the. That's fine. That's fine. Right? I, yeah. I didn't want to okay, get uh, into that very much. Yeah. I'm just trying to say that I think by any reasonable measure, the murder that happened in Utah is also a femicide. And it is yeah. influenced by by the you know relationship of the sexes under a you know weird ass Christian patriarchal country. That's really all I was trying to get out. I didn't want to get bogged down. In no, a no. Okay, yeah, so... I, and I just want to say two words. Like I agree with Andrew a hundred percent. That's what my point. That, uh, but the thing is that we about the other thing, Andrew. I don't think we should be led by what we know, but because it can be less machista, but more, but more, more. so that's uh, Shale, uh, please let, allow me to focus on the u.s uh, thank you uh so uh i, I i'm going to tell you uh, so once again uh when i initially talk about this utah case uh i have said uh, i think andrew jump had uh, said that this guy is a woman probably he's very control freak and he just wouldn't let go the fact that uh his wife wants to have a divorce. That's why he killed, uh, he did this uh, heinous act. But uh, as I said earlier, I for today's episode, I actually did the further research. I have found actually something happened 
two years ago in 2020. Okay, so which I'm going to explain why it's not as simplistic as Andrew want all us to believe. And I do not, I'm not saying Andrew is intentionally trying to mislead us. No, I'm just saying all these mass shootings. I don't care whether it's a intrafamilial shooting or whether it's a other shootings should be investigated fully. And I will tell you why later, even this kind of Utah kind of incident deserve 100% absolute transparency. And I'll explain to you what later. There's actually a federal law about that. So I have posted, uh, uh, you know, you, we all know, a lot of mass shootings, such as the national shootings, you have uh, actual grievances against Target, that being a school, that being whatever. How you can have a grievances to your own children? There's a fucking thing called the natural law that each human beings, sometimes animals, they love their children. How come our human beings worse than the animal will kill our own little children? Go back to look at my older episode about this. Uh, I called it the, the white victims of a judicial white privilege. I actually, what I learned today about the Utah case reflect that. And I will give you an actual case in Delaware I actually was involved with. Okay? So, so no, I don't like shallow thoughts because I'm here not saying I know the deepest. No, I demand more investigation. I demand uh, that 100% transparency. And I demand the same approach taken uh, 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 that in a federal law, uh, which I'm going to discuss later. So I have listed the, uh, the, the, the government's reports on mass attacks on the dis description of, the, uh, of today's episode. Just read the key findings from the government research. Most, first, most of the attackers had exhibited behavior that elicited concern in family members, friends, neighbors, classmates, co-workers, and others. And in many cases, those individuals feared for the safety of themselves and the others. This is the first uh, finding. So let me e elaborate on this finding. Why it says family members first? So it seems to me family members usually know the first hand, earliest of the mass attacker's plan, right? We uh, talk about this yesterday saying we should uh, make a law, make sure the, those people who fail to report mass attackers be legally liable. I'm not 100% against it, but I want to show you one caveat. We are all self-preserving animals, okay? We all care about our self-interest, self-preservation first, okay? America, being American is just being individualist, uh, individualistic, being selfish. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? Would I be, if I know my neighbor is to about to carry a mass attack and he has stored a lot of guns, ammunition, bombs, should I report to the authority? What if the authority did not take timely action and the neighbor find out I'm the one who reported to him? Would I be the very first one to be killed? For that purpose alone, should I really report him? 
or should I just be a good neighbor? Because I know he's not going to kill me. Right? I think in California, there's a some certain Bernardino county, there is a mass shooting incident. Right? If you guys are living in California, feel free to chime in. Because one of the things I want you to name your most impressive mass shooter. Your, you know, which you believe the most impressive. I believe that San Bernardino mass shooters who has neighbors, who have seen him collecting guns in the backyard and know that. But they did not report. So Velas said, let's make a law make these people liable. That those people who fail to report. But uh, what I'm saying is this. Having people to report those crimes still have that balance of self-preservation and care for other people's safety. We're all selfish people, which is okay. Right? So this is one thing. Family members, they always talk about family members first. They know it first. This is the first finding. Second finding. Many attackers had a history of physical, aggressive, or intimidating behaviors. Evidenced by prior violent criminal arrest charges, domestic violence, and other acts of violence towards others. So this finding is good, meaning the mass attack, the extreme level of violence, is actually following some prior violent behavior. But still, what it caused the initial aggressiveness, initial violent behavior? What happened to that? Does the government has record to find out what this person did? Because I'm going to tell you what this Utah father did or allegedly did in 2020 before the 2023 massacre. I want to do that because I want to know the whole history, not just partial history. Right? Go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, I think, so I want to clarify a couple of things. Um, I definitely agree with you that I don't think that necessarily we can trust a lot of statistics on crime that are coming from the police. Um, so, you know, for instance, when the police um, arrested that woman, oh, I can't remember what state it was in. I want to say it was in Alabama. Um, she's a black woman who is a lawyer. Uh, they arrested her over retaliation for some of her work and murdered her in custody, in police custody. And then they marked that as a suicide. Now, they didn't count that as a gun death. I don't know how they counted that. Uh, but, you know, that's pretty clear to me. Obviously, we need further, better investigation into these things. So when I posted those, when I mentioned those statistics earlier, I'm not saying I'm a hundred percent confident those are true, but I posted them in the chat. Pew Research, um, it's they they accounted that in 2020, out of all of the gun-related deaths in the United States, 54% were suicides and 43% were murders. So that would include mass murders. That's not a very big difference. That's a 10% difference. Um, you know, three percent of the gun deaths were not categorized. So perhaps. Some of those are also murders. But what I'm getting at is that I agree with you on the, um, you know, on especially what you were just saying, because there was, um, I can't remember the name of that school in Florida where there was a mass shooting where they, you know, they basically turned the kids who were survivors and spokespeople into like, so, you know, little celebrities and had them, 
you know, go into Democrat versus Republican type of political discourse. But the, the thing that's important about that shooting is that the, the former student who went to murder those people, like exactly like you're saying, he had a history of violent behavior that the police in the local area were very, very familiar with, and they didn't do anything about it. And I think it's to police themselves in the United States have a very violent um, kind of, yeah, Parkland. Thank you, Phil. Uh, Parkland shooter. Um, the police themselves have a very violent, anti-social, uh, very often like anti-woman culture. And so they're not concerned with somebody like the Parkland shooter. They see him and they're like, oh, he's a weird kid. He'll get over it. Um, you know, whatever. He has a bunch of guns. I had a bunch of guns and then I joined the military. So they see like a, a close, you know, they see like familiarity with somebody like the Parkland shooter. And furthermore, their priorities are not to deal with violent crime. Police in the United States don't solve the vast majority of violent crimes that are committed. They're much more concerned with, you know, attacking local um, community advocates and protesters. They want to make sure nobody can protest without getting their heads cracked in or tear gassed by the police. They, they show they show off force to do other things. They don't they don't spend their resources trying to make sure that there's not. And I want to add one more perspective for you, Peter. And that's just um, as far as your question, why Americans mass attack? It answers that question as well. And I would also offer that a lot of what we consider to be gun deaths, I think, should really legitimately be considered um, pharmaceutical deaths. Or Angel, pharma yes, I know you're saying. Yes, go ahead, Brady. I know. Actually, I'm going to cover that. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. That's it. I'm glad you got that. Lit. Uh, I, I will I'm cover that. that. Just remind me of that. If I forgot. Okay. Yes, I will cover that because of the last your show this morning. So thanks. Yeah, looking forward. Beautiful. So the third point that uh, 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 but, but uh, third findings from this government report is this. Again, I'm not against this report. I'm just saying it's it's too shallow, too superficial. You need to go deeper. You go like a a plane has crashed in the middle of Texas. Go find exactly what happened. Not just at the site, but before the plane took off from New York City. Go deep. Go far back. I deserve the truth because it's a public safety matter. So the third point, third finding, half the uh, attackers were motivated by grievances and were retaliating for perceived wrongs related to personal, domestic, or workplace issues. Now, I want to emphasize grievances. As I always said, I find a lot of the killers, they, they, they don't believe our justice system can render any relief. Second is that the three per issues listed, personal, domestic, workplace. Domestic, it's like ka-ching. Once again, I'm going to go back to the Utah father later. What happened domestically? will cause him to have this kind of grievances so deep, so elevated that he is willing to kill his five beautiful children. Like I said, animals, wild animals in the jungles, really they do sometimes eat their own children. We human beings are worse? 
or do we have a issues behind it? Right? So, fourth one, most of the attackers use firearms. Yeah, that's given. And many of those firearms were possessed illegally at the time of the attack. Well, that I understand. I'm going to talk about Chicago's black-on-black -black gun violence. Okay? Next one. One quarter of the attackers subscribe to a belief system involving conspiracies or hate ideologies, including anti-government, anti-Semitic, and, anti and misogynistic views. This is an interesting finding for the reason, going back to Judge Napolitano saying, I'm going to reread this. One quarter of the attackers subscribe to a belief system. All of you guys on this calling episode have some kind of belief system. Some of your beliefs are anti-government. Here the government says, you are believing a system involving conspiracy of, or hate ideology. So they consider anti-government is a hateful ideology. I disagree because I believe anti-government, being anti-government is a patriotic duty. Okay, of course, anti-Semitic is bad. Misogynistic is bad. Hating a particular race, you're hating a black people or hate white people, they're all bad. But anti-government is not. Anti-government is a good, is a virtue. The next one, many attackers experience stressful events across various life domains, including, interesting enough, family, romantic relationship. Kaching, kaching, Utah father again. Why they list the family, romantic relationship first? Personal issues, employment, and legal issues. In some of these cases, attackers experience a specific triggering event prior to perpetrating the attack. So Utah father, going back, I have learned there's something happened two years ago in 2020, but there has to be a specific triggering event for 2023 for him to do that. Last one, over half of the attackers experienced mental health symptoms prior to or at the time of their attacks, including depression, psychotic symptoms, and suicidal thoughts. Now, going back to what Velat did uh, yesterday, he had an episode about the Nashville uh, mass shooting. Yes, there's a mental issues. There's mental health issues. Okay, all this discussion so far has nothing to do skin color of the shooter, religion, they believe, sexuality, they manifest none of that because I want, I never want to go there. I think that I, that's why Bayer is so upset <laughs> when he did his event about linking transgender with the mass shooting. Just like I have never linked mass shooting with, oh, these are white supremacists. I have never done that. They are all case by case basis. We have to collect statistics, root cause analysis from exactly what happened, why it happened, how we can prevent that.
right? So, so now I'm going to talk about the shooters. Manifestos. The manifesto of this Nashville shooter has been turned over to the FBI. And there were plans in the manifesto that there are other shooting locations. And school is just one of them. So I've been, for today's episode, I actually Googled, you know, I want to read some manifestos by the mass shooters. I only come up with this guy, Christopher Sean Hopper. Christopher Sean Hopper. And uh, and it's 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 dark. There's no doubt about it. Mass shooters, their their their, their mental world is extremely dark. Extremely dark. This guy Christopher Mercer, he is a child of a, a British guy and uh, African American women. The parents divorced very early on so he grew up with his mother so he claimed that he himself is a 40 percent black in his manifesto he showed the tremendous hatred towards towards a a black man he believed the black man is taking away all his girlfriends the women who he desired to have sex with he is uh, he has no job He's 26 years old. He's still a virgin. So he, he's upset. In his manifesto, he did use these words. Society left us no recourse. <laughs> you know, I have said earlier, I want to evaluate whether these mass shootings, one at a time, case by case, not with a broad brush, are these mass shootings an uh, act of uh, some sort of a social justice? Now, going back to the BLM protest after the George Floyd's death, when the BLM burned up some stores or cars, whatever, it's a violent act, right? Are their protests a social justice act? I would say yes. Is burning some stores Act of a social justice? I think so. It's violent. I don't condone that. But it, it is a you know it's a part of this social justice. You don't get justice from the courts. You get justice from the streets. So when a mass shooter like this Christopher Mercer mentioned society left us no recourse, good or bad, ugly. Is that an act against uh, social injustice towards him? Needless to say, this guy, Christopher Mercer, mentioned all the other mass shooters, quite a number of mass shooters. The Columbine one, uh, uh, let me, I think he had mentioned uh, Elliot Roger, Vesta Flanagan, the Columbine kids, Adam Lancer, the Sandy Hook shooter, and Sue uh, Sue Cho, the West uh, Virginia Tech shooter. Now he is a uh, he is in the belief that the society did the wrong to his group, for which have no recourse. 
Of course, uh, by reading his manifesto, he this mass shooter is most likely mentally sick patient. Right? Vlad talks about it. Here's a, a question for you guys. I don't know you, whether you guys follow this uh, Seinfeld show or not, you know, which I, you know, I'm a big fan. Because there's a real lessons from Seinfeld show in addition to dysfunctional relationship. There is a the, uh, psychiatrist in the Seinfeld show. I forgot his name, but he used to be uh, Elaine and uh, used to date this psychiatrist. And this psychiatrist has a patient. I think his name is Joe, Joe, Joe something. Joe is a crazy, basically. He is those typical mass shooters. You know, anyone who knows that episode, just, you know, please call in, just, you know, share with us. There is an episode where Elaine is kissing with his dates, a psychiatrist. And this psychiatrist, oh, all of a sudden remembered he forgot to prescribe medication for one of his patients. And he believed this guy is going to do something very, very violent. And he did. He hit the Kramer on his head. And fortunately, Kramer has a, a, belt, uh, a bicycle helmet. But uh, he, this crazy guy did a serious damage to the helmet. So what I'm trying to say is this. I think uh, Biden also advocated the mental health, more universal mental health coverage. Will that solve the problem? First of all, what caused the mental health problems? I think in one of my episodes, I consider 90% of, of the Native Americans have mental health problems because they, they, they live on the reservation. They were mistreated since day one. They resort to alcohol, drugs, and other shit. They all need the universal mental health coverage. What caused those mental health issues? Do we need to discuss those? So this is the first thing. I've said, most African Americans, they deserve the rights to use marijuana because they're oppressed generations by generations by our justice system in the name of justice, in the name of law and order. You know, I have a contact with a West Virginia woman who is a mental health counselor. She's African American. 75% of her clients are African Americans. She have the same belief that most African Americans need to see a mental health counselor for a lot of issues. So this is first. Not only you, you, you uh, we, uh, not only we should, not only we should, we, we should not stop at just, oh, these shooters have mental health issues. Give them the coverage. Give them mental health. All be good. No, it's not going to be. The second, even if they have a mental health professional helping them, even if they are under medication, psychotic drugs, that does not prevent one day they forgot to take it. They forgot to adhere to the medication regime. In fact, some of the psychotic drugs, we don't even know exactly what these drugs do to mental health patients. Whether they promote mass shooting or they reduce mass shooting, we do not know. 
Why we don't know that? Like that, you know, we all know there's a famous uh, calling member. He refused to accept the fact that Sandy Hook massacre did happen. I challenged him. I said, do you know there's a property owned by the mother of the shooter, Adam Lancer? That's a property record. That's a $400,000 home. I think it's even more. The shooter used to live there. The first victim of the shooter is not little kids in the elementary school. It's his own mother. What is the grievances of this shooter with his own mother? And he killed his mother while she was asleep. Not even from an argument. The government doesn't want you to do that. Uh, know that. The mainstream media would not want you to do that. Know that. But I do know Adam Lanzer is on multiple psychotic drugs. So it's not that superficial, my friend, a a a Andrew. I mean, I like uh, Andrew. Andrew is very smart, very intelligent. But I will always want to go deeper. Yeah. That's the mental... No. Like, the differences, like, of the behavioral differences of, say, Prozac versus Xanax. You know, like, I'd like to know how much Klonopin is associated with violence like we have no it's such a black box the pharmaceutical industry is such a black box in this situation exactly and only they seem to have the information i, I would really like to know you know how adderall affects violence how it stimulants affect violent episodes um yes exactly and, yeah uh, so andrew let me finish my talk uh, uh, go ahead brady i don't mean to cut you short go ahead i want to tell chalet something go ahead andrew uh, brady point that i i really wish that we could have a uh, real systematic examination of the data surrounding exactly yes in that's all a, forms of that's violence. All yep, yep. So, Shalay, I want to show you just a uh, SSRI is a because I'm in healthcare. You know, I think I told you I'm not a clinician, but I work in healthcare, which give me great you know opportunity for man making some money while be being a digital nomad. I can be anywhere. Right now, I'm at, at the beach. SSRI is a category of drugs. You can uh, Google that. There's a lot of uh, authors already wrote this. The level of a consumption of SSRI drugs by America's children is way, way above the world average. In other words, we as parents in this country do allow our children to use psychotic drugs in a very, very early age. Is that good or bad? No, of course it's not good. It's not good? Okay. So, you know, this is why, you know, I want you to, you know, does these psychotic drugs have anything to do with mass killing? I have no idea. No idea about that. Yeah. So, 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 because uh, we, yeah, domestic uh, killing from the domestic relationship issues is one thing, right? But it's another. You know, who in the world will say, okay, yeah, I think someone said the other day in the last show, said, a lot of people have mental health issues. But right? Some, 
Go ahead. Your point, your point is that is the drugs instead of the of something in having to do with the culture, with guns or with violence or because SSRIs are very, very used all over. Like even if there is a lot more children there, uh, SSRIs are are taken in every country in the world right now. Like for ages, it has been for decades. Safer. And the fact that many people take them everywhere, even children, does not make the drugs any safer or more. No, Brady. What I'm saying, what he asked me is that if that that if I thought that the children taking more in the U.S. is had to do with the mass shootings. Yes. So and I said I had no idea, and then I thought, about, I thought about it. And I said, hold on, hold on, hold on, Brady. And then I thought that they were taking so much, right? They are so used here also that. And mass shootings are not a thing that, yeah, I, I don't think they, if they have a relation, they are not the cause. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, thank you for your patience. I will take your call. Just, uh, just I want to finish this off. So as drugs are man-made, right? I mean, Brady is a big uh, pusher of mushrooms and I'm not 100% behind him, but I'm majority behind him because the mushroom is a natural product. Marijuana is a natural product. Psychotic drugs are entirely man-made. You know, these people are uh, nowadays those people who are called, uh, uh, labeled as uh, anti-vax people, while they say, "Oh, pharma is bad, bad." Well, where are they when the psychotic drugs are being overtly over-prescribed to our own children? They're very quiet, aren't they? So you tell that I'm consistent. I always want to have a very consistent, even-handed, fact-based approach to deal to see to deal with these kind of issues. I don't want to attribute mass shootings to some of white skin, Christianity, transgender. No, no good can come out of this kind of discussion. You have to go deeper. Go like Brady said. Go through the data. Right. So let, let, let's hear what Andrew has to say. Uh, I was just going to say that the data that people often use to support prescribing a drug like a drug like Prozac or other more um, kind of powerful SSRIs is extremely dubious. <clears throat> the only reason that Prozac has. So out of all the SSRIs, Prozac has the best um, like success profile out of all of them and the only reason that is is because prozac was approved for prescription first it's been used the most times and so out of the the wash of statistical data prozac has more positive results uh described by the patients who are prescribed it than all the other ssris that's only because it's been prescribed so many times but actually almost all of them are kind of a wash like 50 50 or worse, um, in the sense that, you know, majority of the patients prescribed these SSRIs do not report any noticeable improvement in their mental health. Um, and they do have dissociative properties as very well established. They do cause people, if you're already, especially if you're already experiencing severe depression and anxiety, the SSRIs are likely to make you dissociate further from your kind of social reality. And I think the the other thing that I'll say is um, the SSR. Uh, well, one thing that Sin actually said in the in the chat 
Um, sometimes people have a reason to be upset and pills don't address the situation. Um, I think that's a huge, huge thing. I remember I went to a sports med doctor in um, uh, University of Washington's student clinic there. Um, it's called Hall Health. It's it's not run by students. It's run for the students of UW. Um, and the sports med doctor, I went to see him a few times because I had a couple of bike crashes in a row and my knee and my shoulders were really fucked up. So I went to talk to him and and apart from the, you know, checking out my knees and my shoulders, uh, he also was asking me like, how's your overall health? Which is good. I mean, it's good that a doctor would ask holistic questions about your overall health. But then I, you know, mentioned that I was experiencing some depression and he said, oh, well, you're going to need to get on SSRIs. And he went and drew a picture of a, of a synapse in your neurons uh, and tried to explain to me that depression is a purely chemical imbalance problem and there's nothing that can help it other than a chemical response to a chemical imbalance luckily for me i was well read enough on on research and i was at that taking um you know organic chemistry and mammalian biology classes so i knew that he was wrong um but it's it's it kind of um it's one anecdote in a sea of data but the point is like there's it's so over prescribed there are these dissociative effects. And so in a society that is already very violent in a society that does not have a, um, you know, a cohesive culture and that is very alienating already. I think that SSRIs being massively overprescribed is extremely dangerous because you, you know, maybe it's not um, the cause for every single person who can commits a violent act while they're on SSRIs. But if you repeat the process enough and you have millions of people taking them, it is going to be the cause in a number of cases. And the more you overprescribe them, the more number of cases are going to be primarily affected by the introduction of an SSRI. Great input, uh, Andrew. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I personally never, I never use medications, even though I'm old. I want to save my opportunity to use medication when I'm getting really old and have cancer and all that. But, uh, but I, I, I'm aware of this, uh, uh, very wide use of a pain management medications and, uh, psychotic drugs, uh, in America, because I, you know, I participated in a research done by a professor from university of Washington by the name of uh, Mark Sullivan. And uh, he's the one who, Told me, uh, told me that that uh, fentanyl cannot be considered a pain management drug because it was it is so so powerful, and uh, the any patients have ever used the fentanyl in our study project for him will be taken out, and uh, and that's how I learned. Uh, I think that's what killed Michael uh, Jackson also. So yeah, I appreciate your sharing your experience with us. So now I'm going to go to the. Last, uh, last segment. Why Americans mass attack? A multi-prong root cause analysis. Cause I want justice, believe it or not. I feel these dead children in Nashville deserve an answer. A real answer. Without real answer, there will be no justice. There will be more mass shootings. And, uh, and, and, and uh, so I think, you know, that's why I want to de- uh, uh, dig deeper. So I have this uh, 
multi-pronged approach to assess a mass shooting. Because I know there are grievances behind it. So first question I'll ask, are the grievances of the shooter a private grievance? In other words, is the mass shooting a targeted shooting for the person, the individual that caused that grievances, a private to private grievances? And my second question will be, are these private grievances uh, employment related grievances? Remember, I, my, my first episode about black rage shooting, I've said quite a number of them are employment related because these shooters, they believe they are racially discriminated by their employer and there's no recourse. Because when it's employment related grievances, there's a two possibility. One is a private to private grievances. But at the same time, there's a possibility that the shooter may have reported discrimination to EEOC. So if the EEOC ignored this kind of a discriminatory treatment, then this grievances become a governmental, a societal grievances. Right? If the shooter ever brought in a litigation to the courts and the courts dismiss the case with a prejudice. By the way, I love this word, dismiss with prejudice, <laughs> meaning the courts are prejudicial. <laughs> then it became a public agreement against the government, against society. Then the third, are the grievances religious or cultural? Because after all, this Nashville mass shooter is shooting a church school, right? The, the First Amendment does protect the churches and the cultural organizations. But what if the shooter was left with a belief that the government protected the church's sexual abuse of children? And what if the shooter is one of the abused? and saw no recourse for her grievances. Then it become, then these private grievances become grievances against the government and the society. And I said earlier, if the grievances become towards the government, that grievance is being held by the proud boys, by the oath keepers, by the Columbine shooters. By the way, Columbine is shooting is at a school, but is that school a private school or public school? Are the Columbine shooters bullied? What's the recourse for school bullying? So when the grievances are towards the government, as I said, it's in our Declaration of Independence. It is a virtue and our duty to have a grievance with the government. Is that a hate crime? Or is it an act of social justice? Now, I'm not saying I have the answer, but I will ask this series of questions to assess. To assess exactly what this mass shooting is all about.
Go ahead, Sin. I mean, I just felt like I had to call when you asked if it was social justice and um, killing children. Of course not. Of correct. Killing your own children, five of them in Utah, is not social justice. You know, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, and um, I just, I hear also some of the seeds that kind of pit people against each other, because there are so many different realities, but if you just push one reality, like one perspective out there, over and over and over again, there's going to be others who feel marginalized and left out. And it sort of vilifies this other group of people who are also not represented. Like one of the things we were talking about the other night was, you know, most of the people in America. You're breaking off. Apparently they say has 25% of the world's prisoners percent of the world's population. Here, let me see if this helps. I'll go by the window. No problem. That happens. So, I mean, people have talked about that there's mm-hmm. like 25 percent of the mm-hmm. world's prisoners in 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 America, and meanwhile, there's only like five percent of the population. Mm-hmm. Uh, the majority of those people are white, and um, and I mean, I've had some really strange experiences with people. Uh, who have come up to me because I would be in those settings because I would go to the Martin Luther King marches because I felt connected to that experience because I wanted to be there because I wanted to support it. You know, and I have people saying outrageous things to me like it's not as bad if somebody in your family is killed if you're white. And I mean, it, it just it, like statements like that can really make a person feel unhinged. You know, there are a lot of white people in poverty um, in the United States. And uh, according to the statistics reported, actually, most of the black people, just like most of the white people in America, are not living in poverty. All right. And, And I agree that it depends on what you consider poverty. There's different types of poverty. But it's realizing that there are these different experiences, you know, and then you have people talking about, oh, well, we're going to give reparations to people who if you ever had an ancestor who was a slave, you, you know, we'll give you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Meanwhile, there were like 21,000 homicides last year and the devastating effects on all of those families, not just black families, you know, all of those families, like the very real pain and suffering that's going on, you know? And so when you get people like standing on the side and they're like, fuck you. And the other person's like, oh, you're a racist. You know, and and then it becomes heated and people are just screaming at each other and nobody understands what's going on. And this is how we spiral out and descend into madness is that we we pretend, oh, that's whataboutism. It's like, no, that is like, uh, you know, there's there's other people in the room. There's more to this story. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I agree with you that uh, this is why uh, Biden was a very... uh, I would say a little bit upset when he was in uh, the last room yesterday. Uh, uh, he was under the suspicion that uh, the is trying to link the transsexuality with the mass shooting in uh, in, uh, in, uh, in in Nashville. And uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Sin. This is why I 
this show, you know, I mean, this episode, what I'm demanding is that, like I said, I'm going to talk about it, you know, very, very, very soon, uh, uh, that there is already a law about the child death and near death due to abuse in this country. It's a federal law. We should do the exact same thing for all the mass shootings. There should be no secrecy. There should be no privilege of hiding any sort of information, being the medical history, family history, legal history, employment history, church history, whatever, that involving a mass shooter. Everything must be on the table. Nothing should be under the table. And it has to have nothing to do with the shooter's uh, skin color, religious we be belief, uh, 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 any of that. Can I say a word, Peter, to what Sim was sure. saying? Listen, Sim, I, I hear what you're saying and about uh, reparations and people, white people being poor, say, okay, what is, what do we have to do with it? Here's the thing. Uh, sometimes we confuse time, or we are not confused. We are on purposely, right? Misled. For instance, when, because that happens to feminism, right? Like, uh, there is, of course, a lot of men that are exploited and having a bad time. That doesn't mean that women, that feminism or machismo doesn't exist, right? So the thing about the, the U.S., being built over these slaves doesn't negate the fact that today there is a lot of people struggling even to eat. So what my thought is, there is one thing doesn't negate the other. And there should be a movement for these people that are struggling to eat, demanding that they can eat. Not, a, as you said, a confrontation saying, why are they getting reparations and we are not no like those both things to be demanded at the same time as with the same strength and yeah instead of confronting it yes i i mean i i have always said it's a the government's dream and mainstream media's dream to see us fighting each other and uh and uh, so i'm not getting involved in any those infight as a matter of fact there's a two calling person has been constantly sending me messages challenging me and the criticizing me all those kind of a shit but i have never responded and uh, i've never disclosed their identity and i don't need to because uh, those are the little shitty games i don't have zero time and zero interest to get involved so so i appreciate the same for your input and uh, yeah i have said the the problem with this country is that there is a tremendous moral and financial debt towards racial minorities by our justice system. That itself is a fundamental injustice. Like I repeatedly said, I did my show by starting with this topic called the black rage shooting. I'm not trying to advocate shooting. I'm just saying we need to find out the root cause, root causes of these not just superficially have to get into the very bottom of it mental health it could be a stick i think people underestimate how much damage i can do with a stick if i wanted to 
I can go into a crowded place. I could probably kill like three to five people with a stick. Or a knife. If I, or, or if I had screwdriver. Yes. Or just two screwdrivers in a crowded yes. area mm-hmm. could be devastating, mm-hmm. you know, in the right hands. Um, especially in environments without guns, you know, as well, without like uh, self-policing and whatnot. And, uh, or security, I should say. But, uh, yeah, I think the root issue is mental health. And again, I'm pointing to psychedelics. Y'all can call me crazy as long as y'all want. But again, <laughs> the solution points towards no, psychedelics. They, Go ahead, Bruce. Why, why, why would it be, why would it be something that is prevalent, prevalent, I don't know the words, but is more than anything happening in the U.S.? when mental health issues are all over the world, right? Like, I don't think you are, you are, like, you're looking as this, as if it is something, because, right? Like, when happens, and that's like, because those companies can US, advertise on TV, you can advertise mental health drugs on TV in America, and so essentially have patients asking their doctors and telling their doctors what they want. And the doctors just write the prescription and give it to them. There's no checks oh, and balances on. in the medical industry or regulation on this stuff. And there's a ton oh, of on. regulation on psychedelics. And so that's why everyone's going. Okay. Okay. But hold on, Peter. My, hold on. Uh, my, my point was that happens in most countries, right? Like the, the industry of medication and laboratories are a huge worldwide multinational business that are after money. They are not after nobody. And that happens in Argentina, in Brazil, in everywhere, right? So my point is mental health is an issue everywhere. So why does it turn? Because in many places it turns into killing women, in other, right? Like the thing is, and they say it's mental health. And we, yeah, we don't think it's mental health. Right, I we think it's more more a thing of the culture if it happens in a very different way. So in populations or in countries, you know what so, I mean. So, so uh, Sele and Johnny, let me uh, finish what I want to talk about because I'm going to go through the cases, okay, and then uh, f- and then it will be open forum, okay. So I have said I want to do this uh, multi prong approach to do root cause analysis for any mass shootings. And I'm going to give you some guys some example, okay? Some are mass shooting, some are not. Remember, I said we have to determine is this a private private grievances? Like Johnny owes me five thousand dollars. I don't like him, and so I grab a gun, I shot Johnny. That's a private to private grievances, right? So I'll give you an example. There's a Chinese guy in uh, Harvard University, smart guy, right? From Shanghai, China. His last name is P A N Pan. Brady wants to call me Pan. I don't like it because this guy Pan is in a romantic, uh, has a romantic interest with a white woman in Yale University. But this white woman is also being pursued by another Asian American. And uh, so you end up uh, these two Yale students decide to get uh, engaged. So Pan is very upset. So he got a gun, drive a, a rental car, from Massachusetts to Connecticut and shoot his uh, romantic enemies to death. Uh, th- actually, he's, uh, the, the victim actually is a uh, army soldier. He, 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 he's, he, he, he's, a, he's a member of the U.S. military. So Penn is on the run for a while, but got captured and all that. So to me, it's a private-to-private grievances. 
good or bad or ugly. There's no societal impact whatsoever. It's not a mass shooting because the shooter are selective instead of being indiscriminatory. Because mass shooting usually is indiscriminatory. It will just shoot. It's a message to the society. You did us injustice. Here's my answer for my social justice. So that, this is a story of Penn. This, that, go ahead. In the story of Penn, Peter, can I, can I tell you something about the story of Penn? Sure. In the story of Penn, in, everywhere else would be considered a, a gender thing because it's the man feeling that they are in right, like women be in a possession or they have some right over it to the point that they can go around and shoot in everybody because somebody take away that right or that possession from them. I, so, will, I actually I, will talk I, I about gender. Yes. It's a different thing. Uh, yes, I, yes, I will talk about the case about the feminism. Okay, I will actually I will cover that. Uh, I'm not sure about this Penn's case. I consider Penn's case a just a pure private grievances, and uh, you know this romantic killing is uh, is as old as 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 sex, right? So so we know that. Second part, Chicago's black on black gun violence. It's rampant. We all know that, right? But they are not called mass shooting. Why? Because they're all quite selective. They're all quite, these are likely private grievances that, once again, racial minorities don't trust our justice system, period. If they have grievances with their neighbor, they are not going to call the cop because the cop is going to screw both of them. So what do they do? Black on black gun violence. Anything for a basketball shoes for a for a foul not called on a basketball game a game anything. But these are still private to private grievances, right? Black rage shooters. I covered that in the first episode of this show. Go ahead and listen to it. They all have expressed. A genuine hatred against the society, our just system. They are not just 100% mental. But yeah, they are mental. Men being mental is just part of it. What drives them to this mental state? Their grievances against the society, the government, the justice system. You can have psychotic drugs. In high dosage, it does not change the reality. The black race shooters can recently believe that they are owed a reparation. Right? They can recently believe if they are discriminated by their employer, nobody give a shit. So whether these shootings are act of social justice, that is a question I'm going to ask. Because I want to know more. I don't want to just stop at, okay, this uh, Long, uh, Long Island railway shooter is just a mental patient. Not on drugs, not on medication. That's why he shoot people. I don't think it's that simple. I want to know the whole set of facts about the entire incident. Now the Utah father, Michael Haight is his name, H-A-I-G-H-T. 
a relatively recent news. A Utah man who fatally shot his wife, his mother, and their five kids before turning the gun on himself had been investigated two years ago prior for child abuse. But local police and prosecutors decided not to criminally charge him. New records released Tuesday. Police records obtained by the Associated Press shed light on warning signs and previous police investigation into a violent pattern of behavior Michael Haight exhibited towards his family. An obituary published in St. George Spectrum last week described Michael Haight in glowing terms as an ego Scott businessman and father who made it a point to spend quality time with each and every one of his children. The obituary made no mention of the killings and was taken offline after backlash. So after all, these mass shooters had a experience with our justice system two years ago. What's the detail of that encounter? The government doesn't want you to know. Because maybe the government say, well, boy, we'll be liable for the death of five children. Remember Parkland shooting? When the FBI received multiple tips of incoming, uh, upcoming mass shooting? I'm not just saying the government is complete at fault here. I'm just saying we don't know all the facts. Why not? You have eight people dead. Like I said, what drive a person to kill his own children? Animals usually do better. They usually don't eat their own children. We do. We human, do, human beings do. Oh, by the way, this doesn't happen that often in Asia or Europe. Why? So that's that. And ne next one. I'm, I'm just walk through these cases that you might not know, but I will tell you, you know, again, I want to decide, is this mass shooting motivated by a private or a grievance generated towards the society and the government? There is this lawyer. He called himself a man's rights lawyer. He even showed up in the Stephen Colbert show on Comedy Central. In year 2020, uh, his name is Dan Roy Hollander. H-O-L-L-A-N-D-E-R. Hollander. In 2020, he drove all the, he traveled all the way to California. He's based in New York City, North Jersey area. He traveled to California, pretend to be a UPS or FedEx driver, and shot and killed an attorney who had a competing case with him in California, in the federal court. He is unhappy for the fact that he once volunteered, offered himself to be the co-counsel as a lawyer 
on that guy's case in California. He was declined. After he killed his lawyer, he he traveled back to New Jersey, again dressed as a FedEx delivery truck or UPS delivery man. He went to the home of a federal judge, where the federal judge's husband and son lived. He shot and killed the son of the judge and injured the husband. So he could have been a mass shooter had he been successful. So my using my approach, I'm going to ask: Is the first act of killing a private grievance? What about second one? He went to kill the judge. A judge represent the government. What is his grievances with the government? I want to know.、Um, he actually used to work for Kroll, a Israeli-owned intelligence company,、okay. and、okay. I would offer that he was actually working on behalf of the government when.、Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. This is this is what I want to what I want I want to find out for each mass shooters what motivated them. We need to know. We deserve answer, right? So, when it's a private to private grievances that the both part—I mean, one party decided to use gum—of course, you cannot condone that. At least we know the threat to the general public is not as severe as the mass shooters. I don't agree with that, Peter, but. I mean, all violence are bad. Whether you're using a knife, using a gun, doesn't matter. Whether you kill one or fifty, doesn't、no. matter. They all. But I don't agree. Be- I don't agree because I think it is a societal issue. Like there has been no th- this euphemism about、uh, private grievances、mm-hmm. has been used to cover、mm-hmm. up a lot of、uh, crimes,、mm-hmm. right, against a minority or a gender or something like that during. So not to see that as 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 some as a threaten to society, I think is wrong. I think it's a different thing than mass shootings. I agree with you in that. But private grievances have been an euphemism for domestic violence and gender violence for ages. Well, yes, we 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 are very willing to agree to disagree, right? So there are there are mass killings are racially based, right? The Buffalo shooting, the shooting in San Antonio. Against the、uh, Mexican immigrants, I mean, yeah, there is, but I still want to know the every single detail of what happened because we deserve to know. Period. No, in that I agree. No, in that I agree completely. I was saying just about so the the, the classification. So yeah, let me quickly go over four more、uh, three three、uh, four more cases real quick. Okay, we all know Timothy McVeigh. He's probably the most prolific. Most effective mass attackers, right? We know the grievances from him is not a is against the government. He is not a mental patient. He is entirely sane. He chose to do so, plan to do so. Eric Rudolph, the Olympic Park bomber, is he doing a social justice for unborn babies? He's not having a grievance with a private individual. 
These are broad grievances. John Brown. Last one, more recent one, Nicholas John Rusky. He is upset with the judge, Justice Brett Kavanaugh. He's from California, traveled to the Washington, D.C. with a gun, a knife, and a zip ties. All these four people, these grievances are almost entirely towards government, a justice system, not to a private person. These are all would-be mass shooters. So, so that is quickly, I want to go over the cases using the approach I have just said, because I believe the general public deserve to know the detail, the truth, the whole truth. Nothing but the truth. Not propaganda by mainstream media, not propaganda by the government. So so with that, you know, I'm glad we have so many callers. So Johnny, go ahead. All right. Okay. Hello, Peter. Uh, glad to be here. You know, uh, that's a pretty broad question. <laughs> you, you, you give us a lot of different scenarios as to uh, whether or not a person is committing violence another, against another private person in this scenario, whether or not the person is committing violence against a group of people and then the government, you know, and uh, you're wanting to know why these people would do this, right? Uh, and I would say, I would ask this question. I would ask, why are they compelled to seek justice? So you see, I, I think that in each individual person in the world from the beginning of time has this sense of justice, right? The, the problem is that my sense of justice is different from my neighbor's. And his actions invoke a reaction on what I believe is justice, okay? So I think it was Andrew that has been saying that it's a mental issue, right? It's, it's a problem with the mind and the mind of a person that rationalizes that this is how I'm gonna better out justice because society, meaning, meaning one more person than you, whether it be a million people, three million people, whether it mean a county, whether it mean your neighbor, right? One more person than you, society. And I think that what, what people think in their mind, well, well there's a, and I, I, I got to be careful here because this isn't about freaking religion and theology. Although I think that the questions that you ask are quite proper and quite timely because in, uh, in, in a week, next Sunday, we're going to have a big event that happened in history that answers that very question. What is justice, right? So I think that what has happened, I think that there's been times in world history and here recently in America where there has been this calmness, this, this attitude of, you know, it's not so bad. Things are going along. Yeah, we got bad things. God knows, you know, this country from the beginning has had this bad thing about the idea of slavery is right, right? You know, we know that, right? But for the most part, you know, there's been times in the country where the society has been relatively calm. So I would say that what has happened 
So the answer to the question then, the reasons and the facts are varied, right? But so is the human mind and the individual's sense of justice. So the question to me, for me, is, okay, you did this, but what makes you right? Right? What makes you right? So, uh, and I will close with this. Uh, there, there is such a thing, well, in theology, different systems of uh, believing and understanding the uh, human nature, right? And, uh, and right or wrong, the sense of justice. In theology, there is a, there is a, a religion that uh, promotes what is called TULIP. Uh, and TULIP is uh, the Calvinist, the five points of Calvinism. It was a response to the remonstrance that said that no room, that's not the way, that's not the, what, what teacher te uh, the Bible teaches. It's this. And the, the Calvinists, the Netherlands, in, at one point said, no, no, you're wrong also. It's this. And this is what they came up with. And this is where, and I'll close with this statement right here. This is where I think we really went wrong. TULIP told the, the, the teaching of total depravity, meaning that man is totally depraved from his mind, his heart, everything about man, everything about humanity. He can't see right, he can't hear right, he doesn't understand. He's all jacked up. He's a, and he, but he's not as bad as he could be. He could be really, really bad, but he's also not as bad as he can be. And what I think that has happened here, and especially here, rooted from here in America, right here, right here at home, is that those in power have taken that doctrine and highlighted it and said basically, hey, I got an idea. And the idea is that I'll take care of me, you take care of you. And the other side, but I think the more calmer side, the more proper side is I am my brother's keeper. And it's because of those two differences of understanding is why we are where we're at, where we're at. Okay, uh, so you, you are, uh, Johnny, I think you're getting very okay. philosophical, but I want to respond at least to the first part of what you just said is this. I'm not having any conclusion today. You are correct when you say, what is justice? I do not know that answer. What I am advocating today is this. For each of these mass shootings, they should be treated as a national tragedy like a plane crash with many people on board. The government has a duty to us. We, the people, deserve a complete set of facts that leading up towards the event. Okay? I don't want to get too philosophical over this and that. I'm just saying, let me see all the facts so we can make a collective decision. What is justice? Okay, this is the first thing I want to say. Second, but you see the, but you, and I'll close with this. You see the flaw in that reasoning, though, right? No, I, I because no, because uh, my reason is no, I do not see a reason uh, fraud here because it's open ended. It's open ended. Well, there I would agree. It's <laughs> open ended. Sure. Thanks. I, I'm yeah. asking question yeah. why. I'm, I, we said we don't know because we don't have all the facts, right? So this is the first thing. So uh, uh, before I forget is that, and before I take a lot. Is that I forgot to mention, uh, this, uh, killer, Dan Roy Hollander, by the way, a lawyer. He's a lawyer. Remember, you know, he, he knows the law. You know, he, he went, you know, he went, uh, gun violence, right? He is anti feminism. 
Okay, he is a big hater of feminism. There's ideology involved there. Okay, very similar to Eric Randolph. Because Randolph is for unborn babies. And uh, Dan Roy Holland is against feminism. So, Vela, remember, I know you have a thing in regard to transgender issues. So I'm, I'm more than happy to hear your thoughts on. And, uh, and, uh, uh, Johnny, how about this? Let me make, uh, Vela the next caller and, uh, feel free to call back in and I'll just thank you. Okay. Sure thing. Sure thing. Thank you. Go ahead, Vela. What are you doing? Hey, uh, good. Yes. Peter, go it's nice to know that I live rent. Go ahead. Uh, but the reason I, I made the show yesterday, it was unprepared. I just did it to kind of maybe stir up people, maybe the conversation, start a conversation. And basically, I was looking at the pattern, the Aberdeen shooter trends, the Nashville shooter from Monday trends, the two Colorado uh, incidents and two Colorado incidents trends. So isn't that a pattern? And of course, Biden came in and, oh, this is a false type. No, we got to look at the patterns. We got to look at all things. All things are possible and all things should be considered. What, what is the basis? Hatred, usually. Mental problems, of course, but it's usually stirred along with hatred. Just like there's hatred for different groups, there's hatred also from the trans LGBTQ community and should be addressed. Hopefully it's not a problem and hopefully it's not in quote unquote the name of social justice, that's not really justice, it's just taking out your anger and your hatred on, on different groups of people. And along the way, you're putting your life where they're going to kill you. Because really, if this debate is going to be dealt with, with only guns, then we might as well be in the Wild West, correct? I don't think we want to go there. I don't think that's going to happen. That could happen. It, it, it won't go into a war, but it could get bloody and, and it won't look good for anyone because you lose your life. And there goes whatever movement, whatever uh, ideology you wanted to push, all based on a bullet. Because you did not know how to restrain yourself and no, not know how to go about uh, doing, performing any type, committing any type of uh, true justice. You know, whether protesting or going to the courts, going to, sorry, the public squares, town hall, and getting your message across. But you just wanted to unite it. So you're no different than the very people that you accuse of racism of social injustice, KKK, and all that. You're no different than the tyrant. You're no different than the tyrant. It doesn't make your, your cause. This is for anybody. I don't care, trans or no trans. That's my only issue. Nothing was really heard against Christianity. This was a honestly Christophobic attack. You attacked my religion. You attacked my, my brothers in the Lord. And a lot of them are Second Amendment gun holders and users. Do you really want to start a war with Christianity. I, I don't, I don't really, I don't really think, uh, people would want mm -hmm. to go there. That's a losing battle for a lot of enemies of, of the cross and of the Christian faith. So I was saying that's a battle nobody wants to take. You will lose in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Okay. You don't want to go there. We're Large, peaceful right. loving people. And, we, and hold on, hold on, hold on, Brady. Shut your mouth for a moment. Shut it for a moment. Have some respect. Just like you're giving the moment of, of to talk, let me talk. Again, just like Christians are very peaceful and tolerant, do not change our mind. 
We will use the Second Amendment. We have to defend our people. You come into our public square and you attempt to terrorize us, you will be terrorized. There's already a lot of churches with armed guards, armed personnel. Again, I'm not trying to point out anybody. Anybody tries to, to do their quote-unquote hatred through social justice and they try to shoot up, that is not an excuse. All you're doing is terrorizing and trying to instill fear in the hearts of people and only to be put down like a dog. Go ahead. Brady, go ahead. The, the mountain range of bodies of women and children over the course of history and innocent people like scientists and intellectuals that you've managed to look over in order to focus your outrage on one trans person who killed, what, like three, three to six people? There, there was, if I could interject, there was over five shootings from trans, probably a sixth one with Salvador Romero from Uvalde. So that's six. I'm not talking about the overall history. I'm not talking about wars. Do I said stay relevant to the topic, Brady. Yeah, We're talking about mass talking shooting. About We're talking about modern. I'm not talking about the crusade. I'm not talking about the holy crusade. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking I, I about right now, our that's time. The history that I brought up. That's the part that I brought up. I understand. Yeah, but it's an irrelevant history because it has nothing to do with what's going on now. Why are you overlooking this history of violence to defend a cult? Because it's not relevant to the topic. They they didn't do mass shooting. They didn't have guns. It wasn't one person shooting everybody. Back then, it was about war. Yeah, it was injustice. It was a, you know, it, it was a holy position for the Catholic Church. So that is a whole different topic in regards to that. I'm talking about the Christianity of today with people of today. They were bullied at that school. Do you think that they might have been bullied at that school? It doesn't matter if they were bullied or not. I got bullied oh, at school. Do I go shooting up? Do, do I go shooting up schools? No. It does not matter if they were bullied at school or not. That uh, bro, not I was bullied in school. I overcame. I don't go around shooting up my old school. That's, that's kind of stupid argument. It's like no self control. So that means you got stirred with your hatred. Wow. Hang on, Vlad. Hang on, Vlad. You know what we're gonna do here? I'm gonna give you three minutes, Vlad, and then I'm gonna tell you time. And then after you're done, then Brady will talk. So you got three minutes. Start now, Brady. Don't say a word. Go ahead, Vlad. Move your point. So, so basically, look, going into history is not going to deal with this problem because it had nothing to do with mass shooting. It's irrelevant to now. It had to do with wars. You want to talk about wars? We could talk about wars. And there's going to be so, so much injustice there, real injustice, not social injustice, but true injustice and killings and murder and rape and everything you could imagine. It's irrelevant. That's not the point here. You just try to make Christians look out to be the bad guy. We're not the bad guy. Okay, how many how many churches have been shot up in, in the last five years? And, wh and where were you, Brady? Where were you uh, speaking up for Christians? Where were you being the good guy? If you're really neutral about the thing. So I have every right to call out the trans, and that's why I made my show yesterday in regards to this pro problem. If it's an ongoing, then it has to stop. If it's not remedied by the government, then it's going to be remedied by the people. Like I said, many Christians, Second Amendment lovers. Go ahead, take it away. All right, starts right now, Brady. <laughs> thank you for your help, Johnny. Go ahead, Brady. Yeah, thank you so much, Johnny. We really need a timer on this situation, and I am so happy to answer all of Vlad's questions. And the reason that um, Christianity is to blame for this situation is specifically the Crusades and the uh, the witch hunts that happened throughout America as well as well as the Bavarian Beer Act that happened in the 1700s where the Catholic Church deemed the only beer 
that was legal was that which was made with barley, hops, and water, those three ingredients. Anything above that was con- was deemed uh, heresy, witchcraft, illegal. And they killed a lot of women um, who were essentially providing herbal healing by using alcohol to extract the healing elements of those herbs and mushrooms uh, into the brew and uh, heal people with that. And so the church has been the tip of the spear when it comes to regulating psychedelic uh, substances and even things as simple as herbal like cannabis. And so um, if it weren't for the efforts of the church, if the church would get out of the way, um, probably we would have had access to psychedelics a long time ago. And I would offer that psychedelics actually repair brain damage that is caused by alcohol. And if people were less brain damaged, they would probably have less mental health issues and we would see less of these shootings. All right, so let, let, let me do this, guys. Uh, I want to conclude and I want to t- uh, take a uh, sin also. Uh, great discussion as always. Uh, I agree with Vlad is that uh, it is my intention that today's episode is not about the uh, skin color, religion, sexuality, uh, or even mushrooms whatsoever, okay? Uh, it is really just about, it's an open-ended question I have, is that do we the people deserve the full set of unfettered truth facts about these mass shootings you know and uh, and that's what i want to uh, stress so i want to conclude this because i have a, so, a few things that you you guys probably will be interested to know there is a federal law called the child abuse prevention and treatment act capta in short it comes with the federal money but it requires the recipients, in this case, the state, local government, especially the child abuse prevention agencies, to produce a full account of what happened if a child died from abuse or nearly died from abuse. Uh, Johnny, could you uh, mute yourself? Because I hear some background. Appreciate it. So basically, it's a real example. In Delaware, between 2010 to 2016-ish or 2015-ish, about 180 children died or almost died from child abuse. So Delaware, the government, is required to produce, for each case, produce a full accounting of what happened. I actually read them. I find out most of these cases, the family members, the relatives, the neighbors, the close friends reported the child abuser to the state authority saying this child is being abused physically. For which the state failed to take action. Imagine Parkland shooting. The only difference is that we are dealing with little children, two-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old, beaten to death, starved to death. Okay? And I also find out majority of these children are colored children, children of color. 
Okay, it is a very, very damning towards the government. And you would think, if the case in Parkland, if the victims in Parkland shootings got compensation, you would think the relatives of these、uh, children who died or nearly died would have obtained some compensation from the government, because after all, timely reports were made. To the child protection agency, saying these children are at risk. Right? Guess what? The government say no. We have nothing to do with it. But, but however, you have to like the fact that there were, there have been full accounting of what happened to that child who died. So, so that his or her death are not in vain. That's a federal law. So, what it takes for the people to demand for all these mass shootings—the ones that Vlad has talked about—by transgenders reportedly, and by the Christians, as other people may allege—what it takes for the government to say, "Yeah, let's have full investigation of all the factual background to these mass shootings." You know, so that's why what I'm talking about today, going back to what Johnny said, I'm not making any conclusion, any accusation. I'm not trying to do any virtual signaling, like as if if I attend the vigil for these victims, I'm doing something good. No, attending the vigil do nothing. Okay, saying a prayer does nothing. Trust me, as Christian, you you may be. I'm just saying, saying a prayer doesn't do anything. We actually want to avoid all the poisons that U.S. government and mainstream media feed us when these kind of mass shooting happens. We actually have to be more clever, think deeper, not superficially. No, you know, like, like I said, I, you know, I have said Andrew is smart guy, but I think his reasoning is always quite superficial. He doesn't go one inch deeper. And and I think we all should demand all the facts, good or bad or ugly. It's a, that's what I want to talk about. Go ahead, Vila.、Uh, oh, go ahead, Johnny. I, I agree. I agree. I agree. We do. We should, as a society, demand the facts and come to to、uh, you know because because people have a way of twisting things. You know what I mean? And we have to have justice. But in order to have justice, we have to have facts. And if there's something in the way. Of us obtaining those facts, whether it be a law or an ideology, whatever it is, that's that's not just, right? That's not right. We gotta have the facts in order to make an informed moral decision. So,、uh, yeah, you know, I hope that that I think you said the law is in, in the books, and、uh, I hope that goes through because I don't think that you can getting out of the philosophical realm. I don't think that you can actually come to a conclusion or a Resolution without facts. Gotta have that. So that's that's what I. Thank you, thank you, Johnny. I, I agree. Peter, what I wanted to answer is, if you talk about earlier, you said we want to know the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Coming down to finding these facts, which is going to turn a lot of stone, and it's going to get a lot of people that have been hiding facts very angry, which I could care less. But 
in regards to searching for truth, you know we're gonna stir the the open up old wounds like like Sandy Hook. I think we've heard for several times from William and how some of the people that have been doing investigative journalism or just investigation as 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 uh you know as investigators have been quashed, have been threatened, have been jailed, falsely accused. Even look at what happened to Alex Jones for opening up that and false court. That's now it's gonna have to go to a I think a federal circuit court. Ninth, ninth circuit. And what, what's the thing? What I'm saying is. No, actually, is, no, actually it's but, different. I know what William's talking about. Uh -huh, but let me, let me, let me, let me fill it. Let, let me fill it. So you can get my whole thought. Give me at least three minutes, like Johnny said. So basically, when you start on turning stones, people are going to want also the Uvalde for their children to be paid because those cowardly Uvalde cops didn't do their job. Children, families of the survivors of the Parkland shooting. And Marjorie Stone Men uh, High School, they're going to really want to be paid because the Broward County Sheriff or the Broward cowards, like they call them, didn't do their job to confront uh, Nicholas Cruz. You know, so they're going to want to get paid and they should righteously because the, the police departments failed. The FBI should also be sued because they failed, knowing well ahead of all this and they didn't do nothing. They've been weaponized politically, but they have not done what the FBI was best known for doing, investigation. They should have looked into this, and they should be rightfully sued when it comes to truth. But again, I want to focus more a little bit on, on Sandy Hook, because that's been the one they've been trying to keep away. Every time you try to go in there, there's something wrong. And when the truth comes out, you get situations like Alex Jones, you get situations like that guy, uh, um, I, I, William, I, for, I forgot he mentioned him, that, that he was a, a U.S. Customs, that he was also a principal, and he worked for, for the government. And, and the whole thing is, you see, nobody's focusing all their attention on that. Again, if the truth comes out, people are going to jail, I promise you that. And they're going to want to know. And we're going to see that some of those children that they claim were dead are not dead. They're teenagers now. They're not dead. I want to see that. That's what, the, what, what Alex Jones was, 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 on, was um, solving or resolving the facts. And he showed pictures of children that were claimed to be dead, but were really staged actors. So I believe this was a hoax. So William was right with everything he said. There's a lot of truth to that. So let the truth be told. And whoever has to go to jail and whatever has to be paid to the family, the real one, uh, Parkland, uh, Uvalde, and any other any other school massacre, then let it be paid because the, the police department didn't do the job like the Nashville, Tennessee PD, which went in and confronted that the trans man and shot him to death. That's what they, they're trained to do. Okay? That's all I want to say. Okay, so since I'm going to take you, okay, just hang, hanging there, because uh, the last Saturday, there's a number of things I want to address. First, first of all, William is, uh, ad, uh, he is, ad, he has been adamantly denied that Sandy Hook actually happened. Remember, this is a guy who lived in Connecticut. He lives there in Connecticut. He's the closest, he has closest physical distance. To Sandy Hook, he could have just walk there or drive there, just ask people. Oh, no, he's he's has disability. He denied Sandy Hook ever happened. I have a challenge to him. Say there is a property owned by the mother of the shooter, where the shooter lives, and he shot his mother. 
Do you accept that? He wouldn't go there. He just wanted to defend Alex Jones. I don't give a, I don't give a fucking shit about Alex Jones. Alex Jones is a piece of shit. He has the rights and the second, uh, first amendment, but he's still a piece of shit. He denies that already. Second, going back to what Lai said, oh, they don't want you to know exactly what happened because the government will be sued. Actually, that's not the case. There is a famous case. This is always decided by U.S. Supreme Court. Just remember that. I think it's uh, someone's name against the city of a Castle Rock. It's a Colorado case. There's a town or city uh, called the Castle Rock. In that case, a woman obtained a restraining order against his ex-husband because his husband has been very violent towards her. And she called the police that her husband, he, her ex-husband keeps harassing her and all that. And the police did not do anything. Eventually, this woman was killed by his ex-husband. So this case reached out all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, basically asking this question. Does that restraining order issued by the court give the woman and her relative a right to sue the government when the government failed to take actions? The U.S. Supreme Court decided no. The restraining order did not give the women a right to sue the government when the government failed to take the action. You will say, hey, under that president set by your Supreme Court, how come the Parkland shooting victims got compensation? I'll tell you why. I've been telling you guys, I've worked with a lawyer on this project called the Judicial White Privilege. Okay? The government was never responsible for its failure to respond to things like that. Never, ever. And this lawyer's conclusion is this. It's because the majority of the victims in the Parkland shooting in Florida are white people. So when they sue the FBI, the government don't even want to bother to defend itself using the presence I've mentioned. They just paid off because the victim, a majority victim, there's, like I said, in our justice system, there's the worthy victims, there are unworthy victims. Remember that. Okay? So what Velaz said is true and false. In that true is that, yes, if you dig into every single detail that leads up to the mass shootings, a lot of people will be afraid. But government is not one of them. That's where I disagree with Vilat. You get, again, that case involving the city of Castle Rock. It's a clear cut case. The court is posed with this simple question. You got a restraining order. The order is a law saying this man cannot mess with me. But this man still messed with me despite the fact I called the police multiple times and this man killed me. Now I believe the government owed me some money and compensation. The court said no. That restraining order does not operate as that. But I still want the truth. As we know now, right? Like I said, I don't want to be fooled around by the politicians, by the government, by the mainstream media. I want to know every single detail.
the lead up to each of these mass shootings, including the one in Utah. Because like I said, you can be very smart, like a, like Andrew. But I remember when I first talked about this Utah father's case, Andrew have said, this guy is a Mormon. He is a Christian. They just want to have a full control of his family lives. He cannot deal with it. Therefore, he killed all his children. Where does Andrew get that information? Nowhere. Where he's willing to make that bet? Well, that's just most calling people do. They want to jump into conclusion. I don't. I'd rather see the entire story. Okay, so anything else? I want to take a sin if you don't have anything else. Thank you for everything, man. I'll be here. I appreciate it. I appreciate it a lot. Feel free to call back in, okay? And of course, I am the most agreeable person to disagree with. Trust me. I quit. I take everyone's criticism well. Don't don't worry about insulting me. Okay. You're I right. appreciate it. I came back because uh, Seal told me to come back. Um, no, because I'm sorry, also, Peter. Like okay. I think Sin has a good point about uh, what you are talking about about uh, hiding the facts that she was talking about. Maybe she can share that. Sure. I mean, of that course, people, uh, people will Go protect. Uh, people will protect their interests. I mean. The interesting thing about Alex Jones is that he gets all his money in cryptocurrency. And I was just looking at the InfoWar uh, store. And to me, I, I, I mean, I'm a little suspicious. Is that a front? You know, like, where is all this funding coming from? Mm-hmm. You know, I, and said, I, shit. I don't even pay attention to what he said. Trust me. I mean, it's a hilarious of William being, you know, being living in Connecticut. Is denying. You know, I was like, you can walk there, just take a look, see whether this is real or not, whether 26 kids got killed or not. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a terrible story. And certainly nobody wants to uh, be someone who's making that harder for anybody who so tragically lost their children. Um, you know, it, yeah. it, it is, it does kind of stand out though. Like those attorneys are going to get, a third of $965 million in compensatory damages. For so what? that's interesting for, for, um, for Alex Jones, um, saying what he said and then. Oh, you will be reversed. That you will, you will be reversed. I, I'm, I'm fully confident that you will be reversed. It is, uh, another fine example of, uh, abuse of our justice system for saying, for, for something inconsequential and uh i mean i can be i could be wrong but uh, i think uh many uh, legal scholars said it will be reversed because uh it's a uh, first amendment thing i mean he is like i said alex jones i consider a piece of shit but but he has rights under the first amendment yeah i I mean and and this is where i mean Again, like, you know, I don't want to deprive anybody of anything and, you know, anything that brings people comfort. But the, I, I do have to also think about, you know, your average kid whose mom was murdered um, and how much is there in the, uh, you know, uh, 
victims, you know, uh, victims or for survivors of victims of violent crime, you know, how much compensation is there for that child who no longer has a mother? You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. I, I don't mean to cut you short. I will, uh, just uh, in case you have not heard what I said because you left uh, for a while. I have said Adam Lancer, the shooter of Sandy Hook, shot that his mother during her, while she was asleep. You have to explain to me why she he shoot her own mother. What's the grievance against her own mother? I do know he's been on psychotic drugs, uh, multiple ones. But I'll tell you this. If the truth come out that the psychotic drugs play the role in that, that real perpetrator is the farmer companies. They owe the Sandy Hook victims significant amount of money. Not Alex Jones. Like I said, the Alex Jones compensation shit, I, this is my belief. They will be reversed. The quote was, that's a piece of sh shit conviction. They don't even, don't, they don't even go there. But uh, what I'm trying to say is this. If uh, Adam Lanzer was bullied, at the Sandy Hook Elementary School, and he took out on the school. I understand, but explain to me why he shot his mother first. After all, his mother bought all the guns for him, all the games for him. Can Can I say something? Mm -hmm. Go ahead, so like uh, I understand what you're saying, and who's interested. Like that's a very good thing from the U.S. that that you you have to acknowledge that you can sue a company and get reparations and yeah because you were like you, they were talking before about the state being uh, held accountable and we had reparations for that right like uh, for for when the state did it on purpose and systematically but otherwise it's impossible to go out after the state for every crime or every mistake they make because there are so many and so it's so difficult to prove intentionality so we had during the dictatorship proven the intentionality. So these people, like these thirty thousand familiars of the disappeared, are getting reparations. But otherwise, is is you can go after the companies that just were making money were reckless, and so that. Yeah, I heard is this. And, uh, this, as you can imagine, there's a lot of people who did a lot of research on the Sandy Hook mass shooting. They thought they post certain things like documents or that. I, I have a, I have three children. The middle one has autism. So I share the same concern. Adam Lanza was, he is autistic. Okay. I have learned Adam Lanza has been put on psychotic drugs since he was eight years old. His kidding, it happened when he was 20. What is his mental health history? Remember, by, uh, Vela, you remember when Biden calling, uh, yesterday during, uh, in your room? No, he said mental health, mental health. I said, yeah, mental health. Again, Biden is a very fine human being, fine lawyer. I like him a lot. But again, is that you can be smart, but you, you, if you don't think deep enough, you just say, oh, mental health. Adam Lanza was cared by a mental health professional. He was on multiple psychotic drugs. Is that mental health taken care of? And no mass shooting? No, mass shooting happened. Right, so I'm not trying to spread any conspiracy 
Johnny, like I said, it's an open-ended question. I demand full transparency, absolute transparency, because mass shooting is a serious crime, as the most serious public health, uh, a public safety threat domestically. So we deserve to know the people deserve to know all the truth, nothing but truth. Uh, Nobody's uh, I'm sorry. My, oh, and my consideration. I agree with that, and uh, it's really difficult when we have a, a, a judicial system that finds way to uh, finds ways to uh, to protect. Like I believe it was Sin that said, uh, their self interest, and that's that that's the difficulty right there. We can't yeah. trust the just judicial system to do the right thing. Then we're in trouble. Yeah, like if there's a good-hearted lawyers, I will hope there's one to file a FOIA. Lawsuit with the, with the, 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 in regard to the Tennessee shooting to be the landmark case saying all mass shooting cases is a foyer case. Nothing should be hidden. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, you know, the, you will, the, the Supreme Court should set a president say, I don't give a fuck about religion, skin color, whatever. If the mass shooting fitting this criteria, foyer applies to every corner. Of the entire drama. Peter, can I, did you, you say know? there was a bill? Did you say there was a bill in the works for that, or did you? No, no, that is that is a bill to prevent child abuse death. You know, it's right. similar. When a child is died, it's tragedy. It doesn't matter whether it's a ten or a one, right? So you have a federal law saying you guys receive federal funding to protect child. If a child is dead, you need to tell us a full accounting of what happened. Yeah, but my question is, Peter, is there... can I ask you? Yes. Sorry, you are talking. It's one thing you are talking about it being uh, open, not for the public, but for the uh, for the investigation, no, right? For the public, we the pub in America. Oh, that no, no. But my question would be then: if they are, if they, if they are later found uh, innocent, right? Like you have all the public. I would say see that for the investigation, but for the public after the after they found him guilty, because otherwise it's right. Like every everyone that is accused of something, you can it can be used, right, by by other no, people. No, no, this is no accused. The 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 criminal is is likely arrested or killed himself or herself. The the mass shooters. Okay, then the victims. I get, it, I get it. I get it. I get it. You got it right. So basically, you know, just like a. Uh, Uvalde shooting. We want to know every single shit that happened before the shooting actually happened. Every single. After I have something for after. I have one major question left unanswered for what happens afterwards. And I'm asking is should we have access to the blood test data of mass shooters after they commit a mass crime? I think that should be public information and it should be mandatory after every mass shooting situation or every even as a matter of fact, every gun uh, every act of gun violence should be followed up with a blood test that is uh, then public information afterwards for anyone living. So to be clear, Peter, is when they found, is these people that they found themselves like with the hands, like in, in the moment, like not for every crime or every, or every, yeah, I get it. I get that. Yeah. So I hope you guys understand. I'm being fair and even-handed. I don't take sides. I don't care what's your religion. I don't care what's your sexuality, where you're from. No, I don't. I just say I want to see the facts. 
because the law is supposed to operate under that way. So, yeah, but Brady, it's a great idea because uh, if we test some drunk driver's uh, uh, alcohol level in their blood, I mean, we have to do a full set of examination of the mass shooter, dead or alive. I, I got a question, guys. I got a question. If we, as a, a panel, as a discussion group, can come up with, I think it's a really reasonable law, a really reasonable, a reasonable approach to this, wouldn't you think that lawyers who are 32 times smarter than me would already have come up with it and uh, presented it as legislation, have they, as far as anybody knows? Oh, lawyers, uh, remember, lobbyists are made of lawyers. The lobbyists are already there in the legislative hall in the state and federal government. So okay. they know what you're coming after. They have a, their client. They have a duty to their client. In this case, pharmaceuticals or government. They all say, oh, you cannot do that. Uh, so you're saying, in other words, they're, they're corrupt. It's corrupt. They're not exactly. really interested in law. They're interested in protecting who they're, who they're representing. They're not interested Ka-ching. in law. Ka-ching. Yeah. yes. They got paid, of course, by the farmers. Okay. By, you know, okay. by the... Right, so... See, anything else you want to say before I take Mark? No, 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 I'm good, thank you. I, I mean, not really right now, you know. I just, I mean, sometimes I just, I get concerned that, you know, we talk so much about, you know, what is wrong in America that it's like instead of it being about, like, trying to solve problems that it's inciting hatred against America, it and, and there is sort of a distortion of reality as far as suggesting you know certain groups are more violent or that there isn't profound injustice and violence in other countries also around the world you know and and it's like you know i think of like there was an old poem about you know instead of like blowing it up you 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 take down the bricks and you rearrange it in a way that is going to be better and that, that that's what we need to be focusing on. Yes, I agree. Yes. And we are not demanding a lot, right? We are just saying, give us the transparency. Give us the, you know, because we the people is the boss, not the government. And uh, we want to know everything that happened. You know, we know the terrorists hate us. We know they could fly an airplane to hit the, the World Trade Tower. We want to know what happened when they're trying to do that. What our government is doing, right? S- s- same thing here. Well, no difference. Well, funny. Regardless of what they are, you know, whether they like us or not. Well, it's funny, Peter. It's funny you say it that way because um, you know I tell everybody, you know I tell everybody in these talk shows, you know, to watch a five part, five part video series called "This Is Neoliberalism." Uh, it's on YouTube, and in I think it's in, in part four where uh, Friedrich Hayek says this about knowledge and the economy or knowledge and society. He says that, and so many, and I'm paraphrasing here, we as a society don't have the knowledge and the ability to, to understand, to understand and to, uh, to do the right thing, basically. So yeah. I think that, that's, a, that's a big issue, you know what I mean? When you have people in power that do that make policies and look at a society and says you're not smart enough i'll take care of it from here and then you know and you know and you see what's going on and you clearly see that they're not doing taking care of shit. they don't believe in law they believe in 
taking care of their their clients. They're so self they their self-interest. They are self-interest. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. I mean, I said, our justice is made of um, legal profiteers. They use law to profiteer for themselves, right? So, yeah, sin, even nothing else. I'll, you, do you mind if I take Mark as the next caller? Because, uh, you know, feel free to call back. No, no, please if that's okay with Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Sin. Always call back. I, I enjoy uh, you guys' input. Oh, Lance, I'm sorry. I cannot uh, take your call because uh, I know you had a separate room just to criticize me. I think you should do the same thing. Uh, like, just have a separate room to criticize me. I, you are more than welcome to do that. Thank you. Go ahead, Mark. I, um, so I think there's a couple of things going on here uh, to answer the question of, of the title of the show. <laughs> uh, I, I think the mental health issue is something used to paper over the social consequences of corporatism, unregulated capitalism that forces people to work longer hours for lower wages, and it keeps both parents out of the home. Uh, and that's something that can't easily be quantified on a balance sheet. No one's measuring it. Uh, but I see it everywhere. Uh, the, the younger generation has to work two or three jobs to make ends meet. They're constantly busy. Uh, it doesn't matter if you take a pill to get rid of your depression. You're still yeah. burnt out. You don't have the emotional reserves to deal with stressful situations when they come on top of your existing life. Uh, yep. and, and part of this was by design in the 1980s. Uh, because Ronald Reagan felt that Berkeley protesters had too much free time. Uh, so the government embarked on a policy to subsidize poverty wages and keep people working from paycheck to paycheck constantly to keep them busy. Mm -hmm. And we're, yep. we're experiencing the social consequences of that. Um, the, the other thing is that America has experienced a sort of moral decay. Um, we used to have, be a religious society. We used to believe in service to others. Uh, around the not same time in the 1980s, greed became good and we started promoting selfishness and combined with this American sense of patriotism of like uh, freedom, rah, 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 like we're the best in the world. It creates a toxic mix of arrogance, selfishness and stupidity uh, that lets people, you know, do these horrific things because they're acting purely in their self-interest and they have no consideration for others. Uh, so I think there's two layers there to this. Um, I appreciate it, Mark. I mean, I don't mean to cut you short. You're absolutely uh -huh. right. Because uh, I have said earlier is that we cannot just look at the mental health uh, because, uh, again, I mentioned, I don't know whether you're in or not, uh, Biden, who is attorney, uh, who called in uh, the last show yesterday, you know, he stressed the mental health. Like I said, I'm not against mental health, but you still have to look one level deeper, even like you're doing two levels deeper. What's mm -hmm. behind that mental health issue, right? Go ahead, Mark. Yeah. I don't mean go ahead. Uh, well, yeah, it was almost finished. I mean, they're, so they're, they're, you know, they're using the mental health to paper over that stuff. Uh, and we're, we're just kind of smiling behind the curtain. I, I was just going to uh, say next about like the, the solutions, um, you know, for the people who talk up mental health, whenever you hear someone say that in response to a mass shooting, you can challenge them on that. So do you support universal health care? Uh, what about having people get a sign off from a therapist to get a weapon? You know, uh, so <laughs> solutions like that. That actually uh, you see that, Mark? Did you see that in order to get a weapon, make sure you have a therapist with you so you can show to the government you can get a permit to buy a weapon? Is that what you just said? 
I was saying a sign off from a therapist because I, the thing about these ah. other countries that have fewer uh -huh. mass shootings, they all okay. have some sort of human process that you have to go through. You have to show up in person to a class or you have okay. to, uh, you know, a human reviews your application and you talk to them. Right. Okay. Right now we just have an automated database and I work in okay. tech. Databases suck. They're never going to be perfect. Um, I mean, Mark, excellent. Excellent. Hello, colleague. Go ahead. Yeah, there is also the the thing about the first the thing about the guns, right? Like there is not just more regulations in many countries. There is not that that in the culture as much, right? Like if I hear I wanted to buy a gun, I would have to find out where to buy it because I really I live here fifty years and I don't know where to buy a gun. So the 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 guns are owned by many criminals, <laughs> but yeah. That's that's some something else. But I wanted. I, many of you won't agree, but we thought for so many for ages, right? Like the rapist uh, people were having some kind of mental health issue that that they were crazy or had some problem. Until one woman, right? Like one feminist said, there were thirty three men raping one woman, and she said, okay, what is this? mental health issue that affected the 99% of the people there, right? Except for the girl. So maybe also pointing at mental health issues sometimes is a disguise. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, again, Mark, it's just really uh, what you said, uh, just uh, allow me to to say something that I was like, I, I probably need to not wait to waste my time to say it, is that I always said, Capitalism is not a problem if the local bar association is not a trade union of illegal profiteers. If the lawyers and judges are really into established justice, sustainable justice, then we're okay. The problem is that for the profit, for the money, these people, they are professionals, right? They really steer us, steer this country away from justice and maintain that injustice. The injustice is the underlying motivating factor of these mass shootings, you know? Well, yeah, the, I think we need more social justice um, and, and there needs to be more of a focus on investing in ordinary people. For about a, a decade and a half now, uh, you know, thinkers have been talking about moving away from GDP as the sole measure of economic growth. Uh, it's called Beyond GDP. Uh, you may have heard the acronym ESG, Environmental Sustainable Governance. Uh, and, you know, the right is criticizing that as woke capitalism, but it, it predates woke culture. The idea was that profit alone is not enough to measure how a society is progressing. And we need some sort of dashboard of metrics beyond just uh, money to, to see how capitalism is serving ordinary people. Um, so they, it was trying to reform capitalism to to try to make sure that business processes aren't just enriching shareholders. Uh, because if you think about it, the corporation was initially an exploitive entity under mercantilism uh, when, when colonialism started. Uh, the corporation was designed to transfer wealth from colonies to the colonizer. And what's going on right now is internal colonialism because uh, Oxfam America did a study and they found that 90% of wealth generated in the last decade, back, back in the 2010s, uh, that went to the top 0.1% of earners, not 1%, 0.1%. Okay, Mark, I agree 100% with you, but that would make us, right, like I'm from South America, like all of us mass shooters. So 
if we are thinking about mass shooting in particular, mm-hmm. I think you should look at things that are not happening all over the world because then you won't explain the singularity. So there is something exceptional to the U.S. economy, and to the to the lesser degree, it's happening in the U.K. But the the U.S. is the only uh, wealthy country in the world where life expectancy is declining. And if you take out mass shootings and ignore those, the leading cause of that declining life expectancy is something called deaths of despair. And that happens when you have no economic hope, you can't provide for your family, and you see no way out. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm trying. Listening to this American exceptionalism, like come to Argentina and see what not future and no and no opportunities is like, please. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I I think you might be misunderstanding me. I'm not saying America is the best country in the world. I'm saying that because we think we're the best, we we are doing some harmful things to our people, and we need to start doing more what other countries are doing to help fix it. I think what you're what you're doing to your people is what you've been doing abroad. So I didn't I don't know how you yes. expe- didn't expect it to be taken against you at some point. Oh, uh, Shalane, let, let let me answer your question because uh, uh, I think you uh, you made a point which I disagree. I was mentioning to you this by comparison. Apology, I got a call. Uh, by comparison, uh, Argentinians' quality of life is far inferior as compared to uh, average Americans. I get that. And uh, these are the facts that Americans do not know and need not to know. But the fact is that the Americans can get easily put into a depression mode by comparing themselves to other Americans. And the, this huge gap between wealth and the poverty, these uh, huge gap between the privileged and the underclass is becoming unbearable. And the, it is truly, it is, uh, Americans are rightfully under the impression is that they are, they are, they are, they are, they are sovereign person. They, they are, they are created by God to do this and say, so sometimes they do act as if they think thinking they are doing some kind of a social justice. That's why I posed that question. I'm not answering Johnny's questions. Is it really justice? No, I don't know. But I do know they feeling, these mass shooters, they actually do believe they are doing something for justice in their own way. So, but they're driven into this state by what Marx described is that there is underlining things that drive this motivation up. I get mm-hmm. it. I get it. Okay, I, I so, get, I'm just going to point out that I would focus on the last part of your, like the first part of of the differences. I could talk to you a lot and we don't have the time, but it happens here and it happens in many places in the world and that hatred is being uh, seen, and but it's being used in another way, right? Like it's being focused towards another kind of actions. Not mm-hmm. good actions, but different actions. Mm-hmm. And so I will focus more in the justice doing than in the other part that I think is is, is bringing up hate all over. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark, anything else before I take a Vlad? Um, I had something and it kind of slipped my mind. <laughs> but it's okay, it, it, you yeah. go back. You just call back. Vlad is a second time caller, at least. So yeah, I'll take Vlad and then just, Mark, feel free to come back. When, right, when you remember. All right. No, I appreciate you. I appreciate you guys.
Go ahead with that. So, so basically, in, in getting down to the bottom, since we're seeking truth and we want true justice, again, we have to, we could spend all day, weeks trying to figure out, at the bottom of all this, just hatred. People that are not only mentally unstable, I, I think uh, that was addressed, even though that, you know, I, I understand the caller, Mark, said something, I think, to the respect, but also by yesterday, my program said something to the respect. The problem is you brought up something much more important, too, regarding mental health, that Adam Lanza was already uh, uh, on, on uh, drugs, right? For psychotic drugs from yeah. yeah for the long so how do you do that do you want your 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 psychotic drugs way before like at the age of eight or or is it just before they start shooting i mean what's the thing exactly True, we could have all these red flag laws where you have medical profession and i would agree a lot with what uh <clears throat> what mark said a couple of minutes ago that kind of like they do in europe you should have your mental health care professional sign off a waiver whether you're capable you have mental capacity that you're a normal you're a normal functioning person per se and that you're not some wacko that's true that i've said it that before of course right here in our country they they call it red flag laws and they say all the on the right, they start getting out of hand, and I understand that too. There's concern because it could be abused, right, misused. But for for everybody that should bear weapons, that should be again. How is this problem going to be resolved? Like I said yesterday, not only with mental health, something that I brought up, something you brought up, something Mark brought up, and many other people. But what else too? I think uh, Brady is an advocate for psycho, for for uh, for mushrooms, right? For psilocybin uh, and all this. Uh, using mushrooms to deal with all these problems. Okay, that's another way of looking at it. But at the same time, I believe it's in a way lockdown. I know many people don't don't agree with me on the lockdown, but we need we need that. As long as this is going on, there has to be perpetrators should know that they're going to be on, on equal footing with any if they try to attempt to go into any school, both private and public, and that their very life is going to be at stake. They're there to destroy somebody, where their their life is going to be destroyed if they do that. So we need a very level system. Obviously, the police departments are failing. They're very cowardly. An example, Uvalde, another example, uh, Broward, uh, Broward Cowards of the County Sheriff's Department. They, that's how what they prove. And God knows what others have, have proven uh, in other mass shootings, the same attitude. If they're going to prove that, then it's up to people to kind of go back to the West a little bit in situations like that, knowing that there's someone that wants to come in and hurt and destroy and kill kids. I think uh, many we, this could be dealt with not only at the at, at the uh, congressional level, which they should do something and have funding for the, these security officers, well armed and well trained. But at the same time, also I know you said that police departments can't be sued that easily. But the the case that you put, I I want to challenge that. That was someone that didn't get the call in this situation for the Parkland that did get the money for the lawsuit. They, the the cops actually failed to do their job. So those things have to be taken into consideration too. No, uh, I'd like, like, no, like to add if I may. Go. Real quick, guys, uh, I got some personal experience on this. Vlad, you talked about uh. the system and funding. I have a yeah. brother-in-law who's in the clinic and, uh, in Texas right now. He's been that way all his life. Yeah. Me and my wife would travel about two hours. It's crazy. On a side note, you know, I'm a truck driver, and I can drive 10 hours a day without a problem. But after you go from BFW to Wichita, two-hour drive, and I'm dying. I'm thinking I'll never get there, right? It's crazy. It's crazy. But uh, so, so, so uh, they tell my wife and I, hey, we're going to keep him here because so far he doesn't seem to be a uh, 
you know, we think he might hurt himself or hurt somebody else. So the state has a responsibility to keep him here, right? But the federal government will give the state so much money to take care of him and keep him there. And the doctors are all about, well, we don't have that kind of money, right? We just can't freaking bring in all these metal people here and, this, and take care of all these people in Texas. So you know what they were doing for a while? was that they were, the doctors were finding a way to say he's not a problem to nobody, and he's not violent. He really isn't, you know. Uh, but they find a way to get rid of him. They've actually bused him from the state of Texas to the state of Georgia, put him on a bus and took him to Georgia and said, now it's your problem, not my problem anymore. Because the, the funding or the system is not set up to, to have federal funding. That we're, in the federal level, in the national level, we, uh, the, our congressmen, look at this and say, states, that's your problem. It's not the federal government's problem. You know what I mean? So there's a big problem in that. Uh, I'll leave it. Appreciate it. So, sharing there. Yeah. So, the last, real, quick, real quick, this is that I'm pretty certain that that is the president said by the U.S. Supreme Court that. If you even call a cop saying this person is going to kill me and the cop did not do anything, you do not have the rights to sue the cop for, for the money. And uh, like I said, when the Parkland shooting victim sued the FBI, uh, and then FBI agreed, by the way, FBI also agreed to pay the USA gymnastics for the, for the sexual abuse case as well. This is the first time a government actually do that. And, and it's unprecedented. And like, a, like my lawyer friend said, this, he, he, he and I argued, he's a Jewish. He and I argue about white privilege, the topic of white privilege. Okay. He said, Peter, actually, this is a good example of white privilege. He said, because most majority of the victims at the uh, Parkland shooting are whites. That's why FBI doesn't even go further. They just say, okay, we'll just pay. It never happened before. It never happened before. And uh, if you think, uh, you know, you just imagine how many people before George Floyd have been telling FBI, I cannot breathe and get killed, uh, uh, who, told the, who told the police, I cannot breathe and get killed afterwards, don't get any compensation. They've been told, I can't breathe. They've been told someone's about to do a shoot-up. But the qualified immunity do cover them. Again, like I said, the qualified immunity is not given by any law. It's given by the courts. So, yeah, that is something I want to clarify. I mean, prove, prove I'm wrong. Just find some cases. Say, hey, Peter, this is the case where, you know, the, 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 the you know, the, 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 uh, the, the victims of a violent crime was able to sue the law enforcement when the law enforcement failed to take actions. Rare, extremely rare, extremely rare. So, uh, anything going, else for that? Get, yeah, before I get going, All right. can I offer an olive tree between you and Lance? Let him speak, please. If he gets no, nasty, I then... No, I will not. But I think, I, I think someone... Hold, hold on, Sally, please. For, for Lance, no, Vela, don't waste your time. Lance, I, Lance and I have a lot of private communications. Uh, I'm not going to share that with you guys. There's no okay. need to do that. And he, right. he did a lot of private communication between me and Lance and between me and William. 
I have never aired those shit. I don't want to. I have no time for that. It's a you complete. Got it. You got it. Well understood. Let me take it. Right. I will, uh, Mark, you will be next. Go ahead, Mark. Hey, thanks. Um, so, yeah, I, I just wanted to mention a bit more about the economic stuff because you were talking about how there was inequality and comparison can lead to depression. Um, it The middle class has been hollowed out. Either people have become wealthier or they've become poorer. The people at the bottom have been earning less. And academics have a new term called the precariat because their earnings are so precarious. Companies have been... <laughs> relying more on independent contractors and hiring employees less. So people don't always have a steady source of income, adding to the emotional burden that we were talking about earlier. Uh, and I, Marcus, I just want let me correct uh -huh. you one thing. Like sure, let, let him finish. Celine, let, let Mark finish. Go ahead, Mark. Well, I just wanted to conclude with a, a quote from uh, Margaret Thatcher. Uh, she said that the purpose of capitalism is to rewrite the soul. And I think we've been having too much rewriting. Oh, I did not know that. Okay. Good, good yeah. point. Go ahead. Shirley. Yes, Go ahead, the term precariat was not is not a new term. It had been coined by a guy called Sigmund Bauman. He's a Polish guy. He's dead already. Mm -hmm. And the thing is that it's been used all over the world to describe that. Just you didn't know that it was happening. Now it's happening to you. So you think it's a new term. That's I see. Yeah, point, thank you. Right? And the thing is the precariat, there's a very good book very good books written by this man, single Bachman, that explains exactly that and the anxiety. It's not just today that you don't have enough money too. It's the feeling that you might tomorrow not have enough money too. To be right, to fed yourself and stuff like that yeah. and the anxiety we live in. And that's had been happening in so many places that have been, and books have been written about it. So it's not a new thing. My final thought would be to tell you that I've been hearing all these things, and I've been hearing all these justifications about mental health, about so many other things that happen in the world. And also hate happens all over the world, and also violence happens all over the world. So mm -hmm. if we are going to find a unique thing, I would go into someone wanting to make profit, or the other part, right? The other part that uh, that uh, Peter was saying. So this is this is not the justification, right? Need the precariat or this or that. Why? Well, is the no, hold on, hold on. Like, why is the reaction to that instead of like in Argentina going to vote whatever crazy shit anybody says or yeah. right, other damaging things? Why in this case somebody feels the right to get a gun and go kill people? Uh, so uh, my, uh, my analysis. Uh, uh, you have a point and a couple of things in response to that. Uh, uh, one is that America does not have a strong tradition of political intervention. Uh, so you hear a lot of conservatives talk about their Second Amendment rights and holding the government accountable by shooting them. And you don't hear a lot of people saying, hey, let's go protest on the street to get them to change this policy. Right. They, they actually don't have faith that their voices will be listened to. Um, and then the other thing uh, is that I'd when like you do come from a, real quick, Mark, real well, quick. okay. Got a point. I'll just say real quick. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to put in a plug in real quick. I'm going to address that at 7:30 PM on my show called the swap in context. Thank you. Forgive me for interrupting. Okay. Yeah, that's a good plug. Um, and then, uh, the other thing is that when you come from a position of privilege and you fall from that position of privilege, it might still be more privileged than other 
people or countries, but the feeling of it is is a much greater loss because you were used to being on top. That's part of where these deaths of despair are coming from. It's mainly white males experiencing them because they used to have it easy. Uh, and when they don't have it easy anymore, they feel lost. They feel disenfranchised. Uh, they don't feel like the system can do anything for them. And they just decide to leave the planet. I understand, Mark, because, you know, like here we have this, this, what well, we call it different, right? But it's the same mm -hmm. thing. This self, this uh, wrongly perceived middle class, right? These all these people that were for ages in a middle class and, and right now by numbers because of a hundred percent inflation are not are left out. But they perceive themselves as a middle class. They vote as a middle class. They still act as a middle class, even if in their own detriment. So I get it. We've been in the top and down many times, right? So I get it. We went through that as well. So mm -hmm. the thing is, what I would focus is not in these things happening yeah, or in this leading to violence because it leads to violence everywhere because it's so unfair that it, yeah. it makes sense. What I would focus is in why leads to that particular kind of violence. Why particularly going to because the, the rest, right, the anger, that, that happens everywhere. Mm -hmm. So what I would so say is, is the other part, right? Why, yeah, why I, I, I think the last element of this is that America is a highly individualistic society. Uh, they they t teach you falsely that you can do anything on your own. And when you are doing things on your own and you aren't succeeding economically, you're going to do other things on your own, unfortunately. Meritocracy, that, that, is a, that is a good point. That is a good point. Yeah, yeah. this is exactly what I, this particular episode today, what I'm calling for is that total transparency because we want to know why it ends up this way. You know, going back to what Mark says about the social, I mean, uh, econ social economic uh, hardship for many these days. I'll tell you, I've been in the U.S. for 30, uh, 33 years now. You know, I, the first thing I observe, I mean, I'll tell you the diff huge difference today uh, as compared to when I first arrived here is that I have never seen a white person on the street uh, begging for money. Off. Nowadays, I just see like half and half, like a non-white and white 50-50 in Delaware. Sure. Okay. And, yeah. and, and I mean, if these people are he out here uh, begging for money, you can imagine there's a lot of people are very economically depressed, right? Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I totally get it, you know, and, uh, and, 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 and so, you know, yeah, I, I just think that it's time for us to think about, we need to have a justice system that really can address, address grievances being economic, social, or otherwise, mm -hmm. right? You know, because right now we don't, and it's actually creating those injustices. And, 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 and all that. Like, you know, a lot of people are upset with this Ohio train derailment situation. Yes. And, uh, Brianna, uh, Dwight Gray interviewed this uh, Professor Hansen about the, the corporate liability law, where the court mm -hmm. has said there's no strict liability. <laughs> you know, you have the plaintiff, the injured victims have, have the burden of proof that what the comp corporation did has injured them. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's interesting. I want to find out the original case for for that, you know, strict negligence case. I want to know and, why uh, the state is not suing 
right? Why the state is not suing the exactly this? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so just like going back to what Mark said, it's not whether we are cap. In my opinion, it's not whether we are capitalist society or not. It's whether this is a fair capitalist society, mm -hmm. right? So you know. And uh, no, well, so, but, uh, society. Uh, oh, Johnny, by the way, great plug. Uh, I do encourage everyone to follow Johnny's uh, show at seven o'clock, uh, I think tonight. Yeah. And uh, I, 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 I like, you know, Brady knows what I demand from Brady is actual revolutionary songs. And what I demand from Johnny is that give me a specific path forward, right? <laughs> and, right. Right. and, uh, you know, you, Peter, man, you, you know, you, you just hit it right on the nail, dude. <laughs> you hit it. I think that, now I remember what I was going to say. A couple of weeks ago, you uh, were talking along the same lines because, you know, you deal with lawyers. You're a lawyer yourself. But uh, you had pointed out that there were a few judges that wrote a couple of articles, and their points on those articles were flat out, flat out that our legal system, our Supreme Court system, was not, not cohesive, I think is the word you said. Isn't that right? You recall? Yeah, correct. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and that that just I mean, you talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You know, it's reached this level of corruption, this level of you know, whatever you want to call it, is reached to the very highest court land. And when it's there, then you know it's all gonna be messed up from from the bottom. You know what I mean? Yeah. They are supposed to the most moral the Supreme Court is supposed to be most most moral, most ethical, most uh, intelligent nine people, right? <laughs> and I, when I they are know. handing down those lousy shit decisions, I was like, <laughs> you know, what else we can, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's why my show is about attacking the court. So there's a term called the friends of the court. I'm the total public enemy of the court. <laughs> I'll just tell you that. <laughs> Public enemy number one. <laughs> I'm proud of. So when Lance set up his own room criticizing me, I welcome that. And I think he should continue that practice. And uh, I would not even bother to show up to defend myself. So Lance, I'm sorry. And uh, you did this to yourself. Guys, any other, other comments before we clo close out for today? Uh, I can hop down for the last caller. Yeah, you will be the last caller, Mark. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it was a great conversation. Um, I appreciated hearing everyone's point, everyone's point of view, and I, I think we identified some good areas for this country to work on. Hopefully, we can. Appreciate it, guys. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Oh, by the way, I will follow up with Johnny. So at seven o'clock, I have a nine o'clock thing. Uh, it's about geopolitical stuff, and uh, you are all more than welcome to come over at nine o'clock after Johnny's. Okay. Thank you, guys. Okay. Thank you, Thank you Peter. Thank you, Brady. Thank you, Johnny. All right. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye.